And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. All right, here we go again. The Weighing In Podcast with Josh the Punk Thompson and me, John McCarthy, with Gion. I think in his last week on the controls, we have got a ton of stuff to talk about. I think I created a shitstorm last week. Didn't mean to, but you know what? That's that whole clickbait thing going again. And whatever. I don't care. But we got a lot of other news coming up. Not any fights really coming up that we get to really talk about like they're going to happen in a couple days. But so much going on in the world of combat sports. What is going on, my man? Uh, it's good. Merry Christmas. Hope you had a good Christmas. Hope everyone had a good Christmas. John was... I don't want to talk about it. COVID. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone was good. Everything is good. Uh, Gian was late this morning. Pissed me off. So uh, we were filming 40 minutes late because of his ass. Uh, other than that, I, th- I think I think it was for, for me. I had a good week. It was nice to be uh, out and about. Uh, went mount- Went mountain biking, went to the park, did a run. You know, um, did some stuff here at the gym by myself, you know, with some friends, one or one or two of my other employees. So we were here just working out, doing a couple of little things. But that's about it, man. Not much going on. Nice and relaxed. It's Sunday now. Um, you know, not much. I I, I think I think yeah. it's it's nice. I, it's sometimes here, I'm the guy that for holidays, I I try to visit like my mom's side, my dad's side, because you know they don't all get along. So I visit the mom's <laughs> side, I visit the dad's separately, side. Separately, you're saying you know, separately. Yes, all separately. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all my other extended family I try to visit as well because they don't all get along either. And so I'm the guy that's kind of driving around to see everyone. And this year that didn't happen. And I'm actually kind of like, you know what? Maybe this is a new trend. It was kind of cool. Maybe I will just sit at home and I'll invite the people over that I want to have over. And then just uh, if they don't come, they don't come. If they do, then great. Then uh, that'll be the way that I do it for now. on. I think it's not I think it's gonna be better that way. I, well, this was the first year in a while that I was actually going to have Christmas at home because mm-hmm. normally I go out to California and, and see my grandkids and stuff like that. But things didn't work out. And then everyone here got COVID, including oh. me. A lot of fun. <laughs> Oh, uh, no big deal. <laughs> I'm making it through it. It's all good. Oh man, how you feeling? I'm actually all right, man. You, you yeah. get a, a headache for a while, a little bit of a, you know, the wheeze, but I'm fine. Mm-hmm. All what, good. What, how long you had it since Christmas Day? Yeah, about um two days before Christmas. Two days before Christmas. Okay, so you're Tuesday. pushing. Yeah, you're pushing what day six? Yeah, I'm yeah. just about out of this shit now. Yeah, yeah. They're saying by day seven and ten are like supposed to be like uh, not so good areas. Yeah, it's now time to start rocking and rolling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, like we can talk about uh, Patricio first. Coker's saying that he's cool with uh, Patricio vacating the 155 pound title. I kind of, I think everyone kind of agrees. No, oh, he needs to. Yeah, he just kind of is. He's caught up right now in the 145 pound uh, World Grand Prix. That's coming. That should be coming up to a close here pretty shortly. Hopefully by April or May is what that sounds like. I don't know. February, March, April, May. Yeah. They're gonna. I think probably by May. I think. You know, so uh, he's not a 55 pounder. Anyone that tries to say he is, he is so small. Like in terms of, he is not. I mean, like structure. Structure wise, yeah, he's not physically. He's he's 
a fucking prick shit house. He's a tank. Yeah. He's structurally not not long, not tall, but he doesn't need to be because he has figured out a way to make what God gave him mm-hmm. work incredibly well. So <laughs> yeah, he, he's a stud. When you're gifted with that amount of power, it doesn't it's just crazy. That for for such a small frame and to be built with be given that much power, it's just I'm so jealous, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so jealous you know that's one of those things you can you can work on your power mm-hmm. you can actually make yourself hit harder but it can only get so much yeah and it's it it is a thing that you know it's either gifted to you and you have it when you were born the ability to throw and to generate a torque and a power and a velocity that just puts people on their ass yeah or you don't and it's you know he definitely was given that but you could go through time and history with guys that were structurally not that big. You know, Joe Frazier was not big, had a left hook that would fucking knock a tree over. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Rocky Marciano undefeated as a heavyweight was, he was small. He was 185 pound heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Figure that out. That's a middleweight in MMA, but he could knock the fucking chestnuts off a tree by just hitting it, you know? And so there are those guys that have that power. Patricio, he has been gifted with the ability to have a dynamite fucking shot in either hand. So it, it definitely helps him in his uh, career and what he's doing. God bless him. If he if he wants to fight in the light heavyweights, you know, that's great. I don't think he should. In the light like you. you mean? Yeah, I said light heavyweights, <laughs> lightweights. Thank you very much. You know, you look and you go, that, that was back in May of... I want to say like May 2019, 2019 when he took. Yeah. It, yeah. So there hasn't been a 155 title fight since then. You can't have that. Your, yeah. your title cannot be locked up to where it's. And he's in the featherweight Grand Prix. So I think his big thing is he's looking for that chance for his brother yeah. to get that shot at you know the title. And so, as soon as his brother's put in a position where he can fight for the title, I think Patricio would let the title go so his brother could fight for it. Well, Patricia's already said that he would fight his brother for it. <laughs> Dude, he did. That was so funny, man. I asked him, he goes, he goes we fight all the time anyway. I'll fight him. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was never blessed with a lot of power, so I'm a little envious of someone who's that short in stature and built like a brick shit house to have as much power as he has. I'm, I got to tell you, I'm pretty jealous. <laughs> ah, you know what? You, it's like anything. There's, there's give and take, and, and no one gets it all. You know, and I look, I I look at you know what you're talking about, and I I totally understand. Yep, you'd like to have that power, to, mm-hmm. that, that ability, just a one touch, and end a fight. But you had the ability in in a multitude of ways, and you got to look. You had the things that other guys didn't. You had the ability to carry cardio as a weapon. Yeah, That's, a lot of people don't have that. You did. So everyone's got their thing. He, I talk about it all the time. I've grappled him a couple of times and he is like, he's just trying to move like a big, heavy ball. Like just so. Yeah, he's a bag of rice. Yeah. He's so heavy, man. Like, and his, he's tight and his clinch is good. Like everything on you is, he's got a good hook sweep. He's got, he's got good elevators. He's good at getting up to his feet. It's hard to hold down. Um, you know, it's hard to move around just cause he can stay in that ball position. He can lift you up and kind of move underneath you. No, he's good, man. Like he's good. His uh, submission game is is good. His movement is real fluid on the ground. I was really surprised, honestly. I thought I was gonna be able to kind of like move and push him around, and uh, nope, absolutely not. <laughs> nope, nope, <laughs> absolutely not. No, phenomenal. 
That's Come one on. of those ones where, when you think something's like, ah, and you go in and all of a sudden the guy's doing something, you're, you're working, you're going, all right, you stopped that. That's pretty good. And then you give him something else and he stops that. And all of a sudden he's giving you a problem. You go, God damn, this guy's a lot better than I thought. <laughs> Do you know who else was that person before I actually had ever really uh, heard of him? Was Tim Kennedy. I oh, grappled yeah. with Tim Kennedy out at Fort Bragg, back out in Tim North Carolina. North Carolina. He was so good. I was I was like grappling with everybody uh, else. I, I think I was the Strike Force champ at the time. We were out there doing a thing for uh, Oak Grove Technologies. We we're out there doing a, a um, an event for the military that he brought us out to do. And and Tim was there. We were all in this uh, place grappling and having a good time. There was like probably I don't know twenty something people there. And, I was rolling up everybody and, and I just looked over at Tim. Tim was kind of like the other guy rolling up everyone. I was like, ah, oh, let's get some, uh, let's roll. He's obviously a lot bigger than me, but yeah, I was like, oh, I got this guy. Whatever. Like, I'm not, not that I was going to own him or anything, but I was like, I'm yeah, like, he's yeah. not, he's not going to catch me. He didn't catch me, but he also didn't seem like he was trying to catch me. He was just trying to flow with me, but I couldn't move him. <laughs> I couldn't move him. I couldn't put, I could, I was having a hard time passing his guard. I was just like, okay he's he was one of those guys just was way better than i thought and then i then like i would say probably like six months later he ended up fighting somebody else that i i can't recall who it was dominated that person then he went on to fight uh my buddy trevor and beat trevor, i will tell and then you he went on to fight somebody I, else beat him i was like Jesus. i did that fight that was the fight because i had watched tim you know like when he fought mayhem miller a couple mm -hmm. of times and uh i thought you know he, he's pretty good he's got some you know Eh, some things that I'm looking at, oh, you can exploit this. And then I refereed him against Trevor Prangley. Yeah. And he destroyed Trevor. Yep. I mean, and I don't mean to say that in a bad way no. to Trevor. It was just like everything that Trevor tried failed. He was always a step behind. Tim was just dominant. Yep. And I was like, what? And just in watch, I'm like, God damn, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, and he was just so fucking on point in that fight because I knew how good you know, I had refereed Trevor too many times. Mm -hmm. And Trevor was a stud. Yeah. And he just dominated Trevor. And I was like, wow, dude, you know what? You just went up there, in my opinion, in your skill levels. Yeah, that was one of those fights where Trevor, I think, not taking anything away from Tim, but Trevor kind of was like, it kind of took him a little bit lightly. Like, oh, yeah. no, you know, like, yeah, he's good. He's not, he's not good on the, he's not that great on the ground. He's not good, doesn't have Oof. good wrestling. You know, I think Trevor thought like the ground was going to be his spot. And I didn't put, I had actually already trained with Tim and I hadn't, I didn't put two and two together that that was Tim. <laughs> and so I, I, I was like, oh yeah, he's, what kind he's of, good. What kind of training partner yeah. friend are you, dude? I just didn't put two and two together. I mean, this, that fight happened in like 2009 or something like that. I think that fight yeah. happened to no, 2010. And I and I had already the trained Nokia with him. Theater in L.A. Was it? Yeah. And then I had yeah. I had already trained with him in like 2007 or something like that. 2008. So it was like two years before that. I hadn't really put two and two together. But uh, but yeah, he was a lot better than I than I had thought when I had grappled with Tim. You know, and Trevor was pretty slick on the ground as well. Whether it was leg lock, whatever, whatever it was, I mean, he was pretty slick on the ground as well. He had good sambo like judo foot sweeps, that type of stuff. But he wasn't able to get a whole lot on Tim. And uh, yeah, it just led into just not a good fight for Trevor and a good fight for Tim. Catapulted him up in the into the like you were saying. You started yeah. thinking like, okay, wow, this guy's really good. Same yeah. thing for me when I grappled him. Uh, Anthony Pettis. We talked about him on last week about him. Well, he was he was a free agent a free for a agent. day. Many, yeah, I didn't know if it was a full day. He yeah, knew I mean, exactly where he was going, and that's great. Man. Yeah, good that's, for him. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad for him. I'm happy for him. I think it's a perfect fit for him. The reason being is because. 
I think he can fight at 155 or he can fight at 170. And I think he can beat, I don't know if he can beat, win at 170 there in the tournament. I think at 155, he can win the tournament there. I don't know if he can win the tournament at 170 there. You got guys like I think, I think guys, I think he should fight at 155. I've said that. That's the, yeah. that's his weight class, especially if he's, you know what, if he's doing things right and he's dedicated to his craft and he's eating the right way and taking his, you know, making this a profession, which he seems to be doing right now, 155 is his, and he can take that. He can take that title. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good. I think it'll be a good. Uh, congratulations to the PFL though for getting him signed. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a that's a great signing for them. They needed a little bit of name value in that weight class. I mean, um, I think the highest, the biggest name value they have there is uh, what is it, Chris Wade? Yeah, you know, in that division, I think Chris has been in the finals, right? The last two shows. Chris is good. Two, yeah. Excuse me, he's tough. I mean, I think Pettis is kind of what they needed in that division. For for that for that division to kind of grow, I think it's going to be a good, it's a good definitely a good ad for him. As far as look, I, I want I want to I want people to go back to our last show. You guys watched that show, and what we were talking about was you're saying people were saying that the UFC released him, and I said what they did was they did not release him. They released him from his contract. He was he basically asked for his release because they knew that they weren't going to come to terms. People need to understand that there's a, there's a 60 or 90 day tr a period after his yeah. last fight where they strictly they get they get strictly uh, the only people that can negotiate that Anthony can negotiate with is the UFC as a promotion. That's 60 or 90. Usually it's a 90 day Yeah. that during that time he cannot go out and find out his value from the PFL or one or Bellator or whoever he, you know, his, his management wants to go towards, but by being released, he can immediately go. And that's what happened. And yeah. when you say release, he's just released out of that negotiating. Period. Yeah. His he, contract was already up. Yeah. His contract was up. <clears throat> so when there was like some confusion that we were saying that he, I don't know, I don't say he got cut or releasing. No, the, Cut. Yeah, nothing. Like he just he Cut. wanted out, knowing that he wanted to go and negotiate somewhere else. And he, I think, I would imagine he had a good idea of where he was going and what he had in mind. Why not go to the PFL? Why not go? And I said this about Rory McDonald as well back in the day when he left Bellator. Look, nothing was. There was never any ill will towards Rory when he left. Bellator was like, hey. You have an opportunity to go to PFL. You have an opportunity to make a million dollars every time you win the tournament. And Roy's yep. got a good chance of winning that tournament every time they have it. The same thing with Anthony Pettis now. It makes sense when you have, I feel like you have a skill level that's better than all the other guys that generally are in that tournament. Why not go? When we talk with Lance Palmer, he's like, we, we've been, we were trying to like, hey, you know, it'd be nice to have you over in Bellator. And he's like, I've won the tournament twice. He's like, I'm making millions of dollars. He's like, it's like, why? It doesn't make any sense. Hold on. I can't I was, agree. I was the, I was yes. the guy that, that talked to him. I said, you're crazy to go anywhere. Yeah. Okay. And, and I meant that in the, and I said, Lance, you got to answer me this. How important is your ego? Yeah. I, and it's really what it comes down to. I said, look, I, I know that you have all of these people out there saying, oh, you've never fought in the UFC and that's what's going to make you you know, somebody that, you know, people will respect. I go, if you're listening to those people, I said, that's okay. You can do that because that's your ego. Your ego is getting the best of you. I go, 
does your ego pay your bills? I go, because really in the end, you're making money with every fight and you've won that tournament now twice. You are setting up your family. You're taking care of your wife and your family. Isn't that what you're fighting for? Mm-hmm. And it is because yeah. he's not going to make that money over in the UFC. He'll, it's, you know how long and it's it just said, you know how long it's going to take you to even come close and what you're going to have to do to get there. I'm not saying that you can't, you have that skill level. There's no doubt about it, but it's going to take you a long time to get yourself up into that pay structure where you can get close to matching that. And what for your ego, you know, stay where you're at. You've got a great thing going. You can win another million dollars next year. Do it. Yeah. I mean, he's got a baby on the way, I, b- I believe also uh, yeah. pretty shortly. So yeah, there's no, there was no reason. Even when I like, we're not just talking about him going to the UFC. I'm talking about him going to Bellator, him going yeah, to anywhere, the, anywhere, anywhere you go. I think it would be ill-advised because he's, show that he can win the tournament multiple times. He's beaten the same guy twice in the finals. There's no reason for him to go anywhere else. He potentially win it again. And if, I mean, that's $3 million in three years, get the plus the money get he gets paid per fight. Get the fuck yes. out of here. I'm like, you'd be, you'd be stupid to come to Bellator, to come to UFC, to go to one, to go anywhere else and think you're going to make that amount of money fighting the level of guys that you're fighting. Just keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Like that's yeah. we you know as much as I would love to see him in in absolutely in I think he's a great fighter he's fun man yeah he is fun I I enjoy and I love him as a person man I've yeah. hung out with him a couple of times out there and uh where were we? I think we're in Florida I hung out with him uh Daytona in Daytona I was out there for, to corner uh Fitch for one of his fights and I uh, hung out with him out there in Daytona super good guy man nice guy been around him a bunch of times um. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, let's uh, Pettis. Congratulations. Want to say th- yes. uh, congratulations? I'm excited to see you. Uh, I will now, outside of one last fights, I will watch the PFL. So just because <laughs> you are, you are in there, and I enjoy, I love watching him fight, man. I love watching Pettis fight. Love watching Lance fight. Um, I believe they signed Verdum also. They, did they sign someone else? Oh, Rory. Yeah. Rory I want. I'm gonna watch him also too because I want to see Rory fight as well. Um. As much as I, I, I'm not. I've never been really been a big, a big fan of Verdum. So, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's nothing. It's nothing personal. I just, I've never been a, a big fan. It's like one of those guys when you see fight, you're like, yeah, okay. And then it kind of just scrolls through the channels and stuff. But, uh, but with with uh, Rory, I've always enjoyed watching him fight. Pettis, I've always enjoyed watching him fight. And Lance, I've always. So, I mean, that gives me a reason to watch three different weight classes now. So, it'd be good. I don't know. I t- I take a look at Verdum and, and I enjoy watching him because. He's a big guy that can he can fight off his back. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That, that is so rare, so rare mm-hmm. to find a guy that is big and can fight off of his back. Yeah, because all all heavyweights are good on top, mm. but Redoom's a guy, man. He's dangerous everywhere, and he also, you know, let's be honest. I, I always go back to the whole thing. Fedor Emelianenko was basically undefeated. I don't I don't yeah. count his bullshit yeah. loss in Japan. Uh, off of a cut that happened 18 seconds into the fight that was illegal yeah. and they gave him a loss. He was undefeated in his career. Verdum off of his back. Yeah. Beat him. Yep. And so I'll, I'll always enjoy watching Fabrizio. You know, he's, uh, sometimes he's a little crazy, a little wild and it gets him in trouble. But man, as far as skill on the ground and, and watching his technical ability, he's always had that. Yeah. He's phenomenal on the ground. That's for sure. Um, yeah. okay. Let's get into this, uh, 
this Ben Askren, is it Jake Paul or is it Logan? I can't tell the fucking two Jake apart. Paul. Jake I Paul. I have no idea which one Logan is which. Logan is the older, bigger brother. He's fighting Mayweather. I can't believe that we are talking about the Paul <laughs> brothers. I, I have reached a new low. I really yeah. have. You know, because it's unfucking believable. Well, it's like, what I really don't get, Josh, is I, I, have, I have friends that are friends with the Paul brothers that are world champion boxers and they tell me john these guys can box and and they're helping them box and stuff and that's great and i believe them and i know it's true but why is the mma media writing these guys like what they do and what they say is so important because it's not they're not trying to come into mma they're trying to pull mma fighters into a, a boxing match yeah why why are they following this crap i think one of them can wrestle though uh, maybe both of both them, of them can. can wrestle. Okay, well, I've seen yeah, one of them. Logan, one of them mess around uh, with Cochino, right? What's his name? Borchina. Uh, Borchina. Yeah, Paulo Costa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not Cochino. Comment section. I was I'm trying get in trouble to, for to that let one. it go, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna get I was trying to let one. it flow by. I better hope I never run into Paulo Costa. Oh, dude, that just came out. Anyways, um. Yeah, he uh one of them was wrestling with him. Logan he, Paul Logan Paul. Okay, and yeah, he, he, he was he was a state scrambles. wrestler in Ohio. Nice. So if you were wrestling in Ohio and you got to the States, you can wrestle. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um Jeez, man. I, I don't even know what to say. Look, the whole the reason why we're bringing this up is because of the Ben Astron stuff towards Scott Coker, I think. A little bit of that was oh, mixed in. Man. You yeah. know, Scott had basically said that Ben would lose to which one? He, he, Jake. To Jake. Okay. And he will. I'm, I'll go out there and say it. If I was gonna, if I was gonna pick who's gonna win that, it's gonna be Jake Paul. He's a better boxer than Ben Askren. And and this is where you, you look and you go, all right, show me the fight that Ben Askren won on his feet. Show me it. I mean, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, That's like know. saying, how many fights did you see? <clears throat> and, 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 I'm going to get myself in trouble here. <laughs> Again? <laughs> uh, you know, you, there's so many guys. I don't know. Jake Shields is just was an incredible fighter, but it was never his stand-up that won it. And I will give Jake Shields' stand-up is better than fucking Ben Askren's. Yeah. Okay? Both of them win off of taking the fight to the ground and mauling people on the ground and being technically just superior on the ground and look if this was an mma fight between ben askren and jake paul ben askren is going to fucking kill him he will maul him he will make him his bitch yeah for as long as he wants but when you don't have the ability to take the fight to the ground you don't have the ability to clinch to get yourself out of trouble you don't have all those things that have made you successful in one sport now that you're just diving into a completely different combat sport, it's different. You are making a huge mistake. And you're also older now. Yeah. You know, it's just not a smart move by Ben. If this was an MMA fight, I said, Ben, take it. If it's just boxing, you're falling into a trap. My dad told me and taught me long ago, hey, if you're stupid enough to fight another man's game, another man's fight, then you deserve to lose. Yeah. That was exactly what he told me. I learned a big lesson off of it. 
you know, because I was, I was that stupid. Yeah. And, you know, you, you're going to learn, man. Don't do it. You're getting set up. I don't understand what the attraction is for these MMA guys to say this, like just to want to fight these guys. Like, why give them any credibility at all? They'd be different, like you said, if they were, they were fighting MMA. Or even if it was, even if it was a, <clears throat> a rule, like how I think judo is like, if you take him down, you've got what, 25 seconds to get a submission or something like that. If you don't, they start you back up to, you your can feet. work on the ground. Your yeah. Name yeah. You know, I, I mean, like if that was the case in this, like, Hey, if I take you down, you yeah, know, no. let's, let's make it MMA gloves. And if I take you down, you know, I get, I get 20 seconds once they okay. hit the ground. Like if you can do something like that, I could say, I okay, would say let's make even that with that, I'll I'll say Ben Askren wins. Yeah, I would say for sure Ben Askren wins. Yeah. Ben, Ben's pretty crafty on the fucking ground. Oh he's, my god, he's really damn good. And Not his just wrestling, wrestling wise, is, his jujitsu is phenomenal. Yeah, his jujitsu is freaky good for a guy that he just does things differently. I thought it was funny when one of the Pauls, I don't even know which one's which and which ones who's talking about what about Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes was off or not offered the fight, but uh. What's it called? Dana White had said, yeah, I'd yeah. have Amanda Nunes fight you. And he said, doesn't know who she is. Uh, bro, you just saved your own life. That's why. I think yeah. Amanda Nunes beats him. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. I mean, no. at the weight class. The weight, not in I boxing. See, I don't know in what an MM, In are. an MMA fight, I'll give it to Amanda. You know, but Amanda Nunes is, you know, peaking out, we'll say 150 pounds. Okay, you maybe a that, little bit more. No, I think more. Oh, well, no, because she actually goes, you know, she, okay, so 160. Fucking Jake Paul's a 185-pound guy. Are they both that big? Dude, Logan is 210 pounds. Jesus. Fucking Jake's at least 190. He'll go down to 180-something. So which one beat the, the basketball player? This guy. Jake. 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 Jake Paul. Okay. And then the other guy lost to who? Some UK. He lost Another to KSI. KSI, right? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid from the UK? Yep. Is he from the UK? Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, see, it's all confusing, man. But he I, lost because the referee took points from him, and the referee is my friend. So, <laughs> That's a, but is it? You know, it was a shit show. You got two guys that are amateur fighters, fighting pro, just you know, pushing pushing things over, doing things that are illegal. And it's like, hey, you can't do that. This is you know, you you signed on to be a pro. You got to follow the rules. So, you know, it's uh, when Logan he, Paul's a good athlete. There's no doubt about it. When these kids came from Ohio, was this like their dream to become YouTube stars? Oh my stars? God, who the fuck knows, man? No, you know, obviously they got this. How did this all come about? Hey, your boy Brendan Schaub had had fucking Logan Paul on his, uh, whatchamacallit? Logan uh, or Jake? No, Logan. He had oh. him on his, uh, what, what what's the one we have breakfast or whatever? Uh, the uh, taco truck. No, the food truck. Food truck. Food truck. He had him on that. Yeah. You talk about two YouTubers, Brendan and Logan. <laughs> Jeez, I, I don't even know. I don't even know anything about him, man. I, I just know. I know. I saw one of them can wrestle. He had some good scrambles yeah. with uh, Paul Costa. That's, that's Logan. But I think Jake Paul also wrestled. That's Logan right there. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Okay. I'm not See, seeing I, anything. I, I, oh, You've right. got Gian. <laughs> I have a blank screen. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell them apart, to be honest. Oh, yeah, you can. I get, maybe if I saw them up close and personal. One, I well, think the, one has a beard. Oh, I think one has clean shaven. Well, the, 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 the so more far. beard is Jake. But did you see what Jake did with um, you Dylan, know, Connor? Dylan. Oh. No, to Connor. And did you, did you see? 
the, what he said about Connor and Connor's not wife, but fiance. Yeah. Devlin. Did you, did you no, see I, all that? I, I didn't see that. No. Okay. The, that's the type of stuff that will get you fucked up oh, outside I, of the ring. Okay. I'll have to go back okay? and watch. I, I've never, I haven't seen this. I don't know. I look every time I see his picture he on Twitter, he, he thinks he's being cute. And he's he's not understanding the level of what some people will do or go to to fuck you up yeah. outside of the cage for things that you said. You know what I've noticed? That neither one of these guys' uh, mouths have ever said anything about Nick and Nate Diaz. <laughs> well, oh no, Nate, Nate Diaz went after fucking yeah. uh, Jake. Jake. Yeah. He went after and said, hey, man, you know, using your mouth like that. Someone's gonna slap it shut. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's, it was nothing like, was said. I don't no response. Any, no response. Very oh, smart no response. on his part. Yeah. Oh, very smart. He's calculated. Yeah, because yep. they'll find his way. They'll find their way to L.A. and they'll find. Oh, fuck yes. Yeah, yeah. They, they ain't. That's what you gotta love about the Diaz brothers. You'll have a Diaz brothers fan tell you exactly where he is, where Jake and Logan are, and then they will roll up on. Oh them. yeah, that's oh, that, yeah. that's why I don't understand. You've got two guys in Nick and Nate. They both can box like motherfuckers. And you got these, you, and you got and these hold, two clowns. But hold on, you you see that they're smart enough, and this is the people that are around them, because the people that are around them know, hey, Nate and Nick used to spar with Andre Ward all the time, and Andre has said, hey, those motherfuckers can box. Those yeah. guys gave me fits, and so they know. Oh no no no, we we you're not gonna definitely not gonna call out those guys, yeah. But, you know, you take a look at the money that supposedly, you know, they're putting out and say, and offering people to do it. I can understand why Ben Asker would say, oh, for that kind of money, yeah, I'll do it. But I just don't think it's going to go well for him. It's yeah. just not, he's not a stand-up guy. They had talked about Michael Bisping. You know, I think that's a good fight, even though Mike's basically got one eye. Mike could still do well. Mike's got good stand-up. Mike, you know, physically I think Mike could, would fuck him up. Absolutely, I agree. Mike with would you. fucking. I think Mike would him. push a pace on him and put so much pressure on him that he couldn't fucking get by it, and Mike would fucking light him up. Yeah, even with one eye. Yeah, but there's that just kind there's of, just no that, doubt that fell not. by the wayside because they, they're smart about you know who they're picking. They're picking guys that are just they're known by a name because in MMA they made a name based upon being a grappler. <laughs> Oh man, she's craziness. They're, they're gonna pick the wrong person. Watch, and then it's gonna get to the point where they're gonna pick well, the wrong person. They're trying well, to get you, a fight with Connor, and it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, I know. But you got you got Logan Paul having a, a boxing exhibition with Floyd Mayweather. Now, even people around me are saying, "Yeah, but you know, I I, I know, but you know, don't you think maybe you should just like put fifty dollars?" I said, "He will not touch Floyd." Yeah. He won't touch him. He's bigger, he's stronger, and he won't fucking touch him. If Floyd doesn't want him to get hit, Floyd won't get hit. I'm if Floyd wants to come inside... I'm putting 50 bucks on Logan, bro. I'm sorry. My bookie, dot .ag, baby. 50 bucks. 50 bucks on Logan. Let me ask you a question. How much money do you have in, uh, in your account right now? Zero. I think I have like Let's 68 cents. Let's tell you, everybody, cents. everybody, everybody's got a MyBookie account. Do not follow Josh Thomas. 
I want a lot. I, hey, this, this, yeah. Uh, I'm putting 50 bucks on Logan <laughs> just because. Uh, no, it's what are the, the odds have got to be just ridiculous. Oh, I can't even imagine. Like, there's, just no, there's just no way but that Conor McGregor is going to fight him. There's no way that I'm surprised that Floyd's even taking this. But I'll tell you what, with the stuff that, you know, Jake Paul said about Conor and his family, I'm not saying that, that Conor's going to do it, you know, and put any money in his pocket, but I guarantee somewhere along the way, if Conor sees Jake yeah. Paul, there will be a fight. That's awesome. It'll be instantaneous. Yeah, oh, dude, he up. will fucking kill him. I wonder if these guys walk around with security guards. Of course they do. They would need did, to. Didn't you? Okay. Did you not see the damn little exhibition that he did with Dylan Dennis again on uh, here? I'm, I'm, I'm just Brendan. I'm pumping you up here. Your food <laughs> truck diaries that happened during fucking the taping of Brendan's food yeah. truck diaries with Dylan Dennis. When Jake Paul pulls up in the truck and starts throwing water balloons. This is just crazy, man. I can't believe we're talking about fucking two YouTube. <laughs> That's what I said. I, I can't, dude, we have lowered ourselves to a, a death. Well, the reason why we're talking time. about it is the Conor McGregor thing, the the Ben Askren talking conversation. Ben Askren, pull, can you pull up Ben Askren's tweet? He basically talked hella shit about Scott Coker, basically saying, like, you know, Bellator's for sale. They Scott's running oh, into yeah. the ground. He's done such well, a bad job. Okay. Which is not which is not true, by the way. Um, well, no, no, no. Let's let's take a look at this. E everything he said. Okay. First off, is Bellator for sale? I would say yes. Every business is yeah. for sale. Every business is for sale. It's just now have people offered to buy Bellator? Yes. And they've been turned down multiple times by Viacom who says, no, we're not interested. Yeah. So every business, even the UFC, it's for sale at a certain price. Yeah. Obviously, you know, when the Fertitas had it, it was for sale for $4.2 billion. Because how many times had Dana White has come out and said, we're, we're, we're not for sale? Yeah. <laughs> obviously, there, well, obviously, there comes that point. And I'm not saying he was lying. I'm saying, you know, there comes that point. Everything is for sale. Yeah. Okay. Business wise. So you have that. Then you have Ben saying that, you know, Scott is doing a shitty job. And, that's why, you know, the, it's good, the business is going bad. Well, you know, Ben, you should have been smarter in knowing that Scott just signed another long-term deal yeah. with Bellator. So you sound really stupid mm -hmm. saying that they think he's doing a shitty job when they just signed into another <laughs> long-term deal. So, you yeah. know, Ben got mad. Okay. But you better come out with at least, at least something that's truthful. Mm. I, I think... <clears throat> I think, I don't think Ben, he's very keen. He understands that his standup is not good. He also, I think, understands his fight with Jake Paul is, is, is kind of not, I wouldn't say just a money grab, but I mean, he think he really thinks he's going to be able to like walk J is it J uh, Jake down and be able to like try to <clears throat> get in there make him tired make him push the pace. I mean, one thing that one thing that Ben Askren does have is like, he has pretty good cardio. He will push the pace on people. He does, but that's in wrestling. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he's, he's not the same on the feet and you know, and I think Ben knows that he just, I don't know if he's comprehended that yet, that it, this is going to, this could get nasty in the second, by the end of the second or the third round. I don't know how many rounds they're going to supposed to go. What are they, aren't they doing this at the Staples Center? Eight rounds. Eight rounds. That's eight by, rounds. by round four, five. It, Done. It's son. exhausting. Yeah. 
it's exhausting. <laughs> and I'm not saying this Jake or whatever is is any good. I'm just simply saying that like if he's got a lot more experience and training as of lately than you do in in just straight boxing. I'm not trying to take anything away from Ben, but this is not this is to me it just seemed like a money grab. You know, what? I just don't know at what level are you willing to take that chance and I don't know what he's willing to get paid or what he's getting paid or whatever it is, but this this is not a good fight for Ben. And I think just Scott just said this what everybody else was thinking and Ben got upset about it. But yeah. I mean, it is what it is, man. It is what I it is. Scott is trying to say, look, why don't you guys bring this into the MMA world? Yeah. Which makes Scott smart. Why are you allowing someone to pull you out of your combat sport into yeah. their combat sport? There's just a big difference. Don't mm -hmm. fall for the trap. That's it. Yeah. I feel like there should be, there should be like, uh, I would like to see what you remember the Bob Sapp thing. I can't get my glove on. <laughs> Oh, dude, that was there one of should, my favorite moments. There should be one of those. There should be one of those it type doesn't fights. Fit. It doesn't it's, fit. It's too small. Yeah, it was the O.J. Simpson thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it, what you do is you do something like that. You know, Jake Paul gets, you know, one or two rounds, and you do two rounds of funky wrestling and, and MMA style. I mean, there's still striking involved. It's not as if, like, uh, he still can't be hit. You know what I mean? So so, so you're, you're saying you want to do the K-1 Yes. Bob Sapp versus Jerome LeBanner. We do one round of boxing instead of kickboxing. Yeah. And then if it goes to a second round, we're going to switch the gloves and we have an MMA round. That sounds good to me. Or just two yeah. rounds of boxing and two rounds of MMA. If they, if they did that, no, if they did, why? No, it's got to go one to one. And if they did that, I would pick Ben Askren. Ben will survive the first round of boxing. And I think he, he will survive too. fucking maul him. I think he'd survive in the two MMA. Rounds. He'd survive he would two kill rounds. Kill him in there. The reason why it's only two sure. minute rounds. He'd survive two rounds. Uh, I'm just telling you, man. Yeah, they're telling me. Look, he's pretty fucking good. You know, he, obviously, yes, he's he's new and young at it. But they they tell me, hey, he can box. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, but I do, I have no interest in like in seeing him fight anybody else unless it's like uh, Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz. Oh, I, I yeah. won't tune in to watch him fight Ben. I won't tune in to yeah. watch him fight whoever else he's brought up in names. I would tune in to watch him fight Amanda Nunes though, because um, <laughs> I would love to see her fucking starch. I'm just saying between she, he's too big. But even even between I have seen I have here's the thing I have seen uh, Jermaine Duranami knock out a guy. It's on yes. Twitter. It's on. It's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Look that up. You're telling me a man in this can do that. And that guy was about 170 pounds, 160 pounds. That was kickboxing. No, I think it was boxing only. Look it up. I think that was. I thought that one was only. kickboxing. I it remember was, when. You, I, I know which fight you're talking. She about. She knocked him out with an overhand right. I know she did. Yeah. No, I think it was just boxing only. Yeah, I believe so. My thought so is that Amanda can do the same thing. <laughs> I'm just, I think I'm just wishful thinking, man. I, I would love to see Amanda starts these this clown. Anyways, I don't have anything against them. I just, I just until you're ready to fight MMA and boxing both back to back in, in this the K1 style thing or whatever it is. But they won't do it. They're like you said, they have been very smart on who they are calling out. They're calling out the ones they know they're going to lose to, but can bring in a lot of money. The Conor yep. McGregor's, and then which I don't understand. But then they don't want to lose to a Nick and Nate. 
because those guys will legit fuck them up. So will Connor. <laughs> so will Connor. But they may not get as much money. They may not make as much money off the Nick and Nate fights. But I, I think that they would. I think that tons and tons of people would tune in for that. Millions like, of people. As no matter what anyone wants to say, the Diaz brothers move the needle. Yep. You know, whatever people want to say, they have fans everywhere and they would bring a ton to that matchup. Yeah. Either guy. So. All right. Well, uh, is there we'll anything see. else, Gian? Any news? What? Yeah, we, yeah, I'm not going to talk about this. Conor McGregor gets moved to the welterweight top 15 because Anthony Who Pettis cares? is out. Who cares? He's not fighting at 150. He's, he's fighting at lightweight. He's fighting at lightweight next. Okay, and I think he's going to stay at lightweight. I think Khabib's going to vacate his tile here in January, and uh, we're going to move on with the with the lightweight division. I don't think at 170 he's going to be there. Uh, I think it wouldn't make sense for him to stay there. That, but whatever, man. I mean, he goes where he wants. He makes his own call. He uh, tells Dana what to do, and it just continues to be that way. It will continue. Ooh, to be that look way. at you. Well, it's true. Don't tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I just, it's I just true. Said, like, look and, at you. But, but it's smart for Dana to be that way because that's the cash cow. I mean, he's got to wait until the crowds come back to make more money. Dana wanted to wait for this fight with Dustin Poirier until there was crowds because he was losing sure. eighteen to twenty million dollars at the gate because of Conor McGregor, and so because that that fight would have Conor McGregor, and it's true. It's smart for Dana not to want to fight him right now because it costs him a lot of money to have this fight. But I think there was probably a deal, a side deal done with the US, or not US, ESPN. Like, hey, Connor's going to fight. We need to figure a deal out to have him on. <laughs> so, like, he's like, we're just not going to pay this. And maybe they are going to pay. Who knows? I mean, but they need to keep him happy, which was smart on their part. Moving forward. Uh, yeah. Cody Garbrandt, uh, if flyweight title shot not on table, bring on Jose Aldo. That's a <clears throat> that's a tough fight, man. That's a tough fight. I would rather see him fight for the title at 125. I want to see him fight Figueredo. Figueredo can crack. The two of them can crack. Figueredo's head is there to be hit, as we saw in his last fight. Um, he hits a little bit harder. He's a little bit faster than Moreno. Uh, but the two of them are going to end up fighting each other coming up next anyways. So uh, Figueredo and Moreno again. So Cody's got some time on the, he might as well fight someone in the meantime, you know, but then he's got to focus on getting his weight back down. The Jose Aldo fight to me is fun. It's a fun fight. Against Cody Garbrandt? Yeah. I got way better fights for Jose Aldo than Cody Garbrandt. No, but I'm talking about Cody. We're talking about Cody's fight. Not, I mean, Jose Aldo just fought. I know. Okay. That's well, what I'm saying. Okay, but, if, but if I was going to pick a fight for, Jose Aldo coming up, it'd be one of two guys. Dominic Cruz being one of them. Yes. Yeah. Dominic Cruz being one of them. And the second one, TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw coming off of his uh, hiatus yeah. from his suspension coming back. Oh, that'd be a fun fight. Look, it would be a fun fight. Uh, I just, when someone's coming off of a two year, was it two year suspension? Two year. A two-year suspension for EPO, for cheating. I don't go out there and give him a legend. I'm sorry. I don't do you any favors. <laughs> I, I give you somebody like a Rob Font. Well, Rob Font actually called for that fight. Yeah, so. I give you somebody like a Rob Font. I don't give you a Frankie Edgar. I don't give you a Jose Aldo. I don't, you know, I give you someone like Rob Font, who's young, had a great tough. performance, tough, you know, is on his way up. But I'm not giving you a big name. I know you're already kind of a name, but you're 
you're coming off of a, a two year suspension for cheating. I'm not doing you any favors right now, man. That's just that's how I look at it for your first fight back. You go out there and destroy Rob Font. Okay, let's have this conversation about maybe an Aldo fight or a or a somebody else, maybe a Sanhagen or whoever else up in that mix, you know. But I don't I don't do you any favors for your first fight back. I'm not giving you out. I'm not, I'm not giving you cookies, you know, I'm not giving you <laughs> treats because, you know, you, you got busted cheating. And I love, T, I love TJ, man. I see him all the time at some of the Bellator events. I love, he's TJ. a fucking great guy. He but is. The bottom line is, is he cheated. And I, it's, I, I hate that fact that he did because I was, he was growing on me, man. He was growing on me as a fighter. I loved watch. I was there at, I was sitting cage side uh, at the UFC when he had beat uh, Henan Burrell the first time. And just to be around all the guys, uh, all the alpha male guys, when it all happened, the world was shocked that it happened the way that it happened. And then when they fought again, the way he did it again, it was fucking phenomenal. But it just it just tainted everything that he had done. And so it's it's sad. I don't like I said, as if I'm the UFC, I'm not doing him any favors. I'm giving him someone like a Rob Font, you know, maybe a Marlon Moraes, but I would say Rob Font just because he's got such a he, had, he just had such a good performance. And he's ranked in the top five now. And he's, I think he's ready for that next. And that would be a fun, tell me that wouldn't be a fun fight. That'd be a fun no, fight. No, that'd be a good fight. So that that's that's just me. And I, I got a lot of respect for TJ. I, I, I love watching him fight. It just as, if I'm a promoter, I'm not doing him any favors. So, okay, so now what do you think of my Jose Aldo versus Dominic Cruz? A hundred percent. Love See, that See, that's what I love. I think love that's that a, fight. That would be so much fun. Yeah. The that other be... the other fight I'd like to see is maybe the Frankie Edgar and and uh, and Dominic Cruz. Yeah, that know. would be that would be but good. I, I don't want to see Frankie and Jose. I've seen it too many times. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't want to see that but, either. Yeah, but, I want uh, I want to see that. I wouldn't mind like the, you and I talked about this probably like two three months ago. It was yeah. the the Dominic Cruz Aldo fight. Yeah, definitely would like to see that fight. But I yep. think you give TJ Rob Font now that he's made his way up. Frankie Edgar's fighting Sanhagen next. I think to see who gets the title shot after that. Cody Garbrandt is going to probably fight the winner of Moreno and uh, Figueredo for the title. And unless he tries to get a fight in the middle of there somewhere, I don't know who or what, but um, that's kind of where they're at right now in that division. Marlon Moraes has dropped quite a bit in the last couple fights. So, uh, you know, he's got to get some kinks worked out and figured out. I think when people go to new camps, they need to spend more time uh, before they take a big fight. Before they take a fight, and it's hard not to take a big fight when you're ranked number two or three. So you're gonna have, you're gonna be stuck fighting the, one of the top guys every time. But when you move camps, it's hard to get adjusted. You're trying to get adjusted to the new life because you live there now. He's got his wife, I'm sure, family and stuff there. Trying to get adjusted for them to get adjusted. It takes time. You have to take six to eight months, probably getting yourself adjusted to the program in which you're training all the time. You're taking care of your family. You're getting used to the the new lifestyle. All those things come into play. And then being there, moving there during this whole COVID situation, oof, probably not a good situation. So I think I think I don't think this his last two fights are a good reflection of him as a fighter. I think he, I think he'll be back, but it's um it's gonna take him a little bit of time. Yeah, he's just gotta regroup. Any of the other news? Um, Colby Covington is on a media run right now. He's applying pressure on uh, Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> I mean, Colby, look, Colby, that would be Colby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Colby's Colby's got a, a decent sized name, but he's no George Moss at all. And, you know, I like Colby. I like watching him fight. Um, 
that I would love to see that fight happen. I think I think Colby's every bit George Masvidal's name stature. You think so? Yeah, no, I disagree. Okay, how can you say that when I you just, take I just a did. look? It cut, the yeah, words just come out of my mouth when I say it. it. Yeah, but you're not <laughs> thinking about him. I want you can take George Masvidal has had a long career. He's a you know super tough dude. Everyone everyone in this sport knows how good he is, but. You know, he's always had that. He fights this guy, gets a win, fights this guy, and then gets a loss. You know, and he's had those. You know, and even Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who beat him, is coming out saying, "Hey, that would be a good rematch." Which is kind of weird since you got to you know win against him. But he's got a, he's got a good name now. But still, if you're looking, Colby Covington was the interim champ. Mm-hmm. George Masvidal's never been the interim champ, so. Colby Covington is a guy that they both lost to Kamaru Usman. Colby Covington had the better fight against Kamaru, no doubt about it. So overall, I think Colby, you know, he he has absolutely as much value as Masvidal in this situation. You're talking it's just a ma- just a matter of them matching up and being okay with the money. Okay, so wait, so you're saying I'm trying to get this. You you think that Colby Covington has as much value in terms of if we were to if we were to say hey this is the name on a pay per view that he would sell as many pay per views as George Masvidal, all dependent upon who you're matching him with. Yes. So okay, so I disagree. I think George okay. Masvidal is the name in the Colby Covington fight. And you're saying he's carry, the A side. Yeah, he's the A side. He's the red okay. glove. He's the red glove. <laughs> he's the red glove. Okay, he's the A side. Okay, but yeah, okay, but take a look. If you freaking put Colby Covington against, we're going to go Wonder Boy Thompson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that a good fight? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's a good matchup. That would be a, a fun fight. So if you look at both of those guys, Wonder Boy Thompson and Colby Covington, who's the A side? Come on. No. Okay. So I would say Colby is. You're going to say Colby, Colby's yeah. the A-side. Colby's okay, the A-side. So, so then we'll take George Masvidal and Wonderboy Thompson. Who's George the A-side? Ma- J- J- Wonderboy Thompson? George is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. So you're saying George is? Yes. Okay. So now if they're the, if they're both the A-side there, then that means they're, they're fairly equitable yeah. now that you're going to put them both against each other. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's I, close. I, I understand what you're saying. Okay, I do understand what you're saying, but I'm saying when it comes down to who's actually going to bring in more money, it would be George. George is the guy that's going to bring more money in. Don't get me wrong. Colby Covington has now become Floyd Mayweather. People pay to watch him lose. Okay, that's how much they hate him. Okay, I like him. That's the. I I don't mind him at all. I don't mind him at all. I'm like I don't have an issue. He's a good fighter. I think he's a great fighter. I think he's really good. Outside of Usman, who's the only one that I think can beat him, I don't know if George can. I would I would like to see a really good fight. George has got a lot of ability to beat him. He could beat him anywhere on the ground. He could beat him on on the feet. He has all those. He has everything he needs to beat him. I just don't okay. know if he can. I don't. Know I think he, he has the he has the tools. Yes, required to beat him. No doubt about it. But he has, has the skill set. What he doesn't but, have is conditioning in the fourth and the fifth. Oh, let me tell you. I think it's the pace. Yeah. That Colby Covington will bring, that will create the problems. That Masvidal would have to deal with. Yeah. First round, I go with George Masvidal. 
Yeah. You know, if, you're, if you're gonna say, hey, this fight ends in the first round, George Masvidal won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just second round, eh, probably George. George Masvidal wins it. George. You get into the third round, I'm gonna start going. Colby Covington wins it. Yeah. Fourth round, Colby Covington. Yeah. So, and that's but that's what makes an intriguing fight when you have that 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 whole atmosphere of mm-hmm. man, you know, this the fight changes based upon time. Because you know you don't have to win every minute of the of the fight. You just have to win those sections that gets you where you need to be. And that's Colby's smart enough to know that. So is George, and uh, George George will know what he needs to do early to you know get in on him because they've trained together a lot. They know each other. What did you think? I, Colby had said some stuff about uh, Dustin Poirier. He said Connor's going to get rid of that weasel uh, or whatever oh, in the yeah. first. Like, come on, man. Like, you left. Sweet. You left ATT. Like, don't. Let's, <sighs> let's just squash it all. Yeah, let's let go. it go. I mean, but I guess it, it's marketability. It's kind of what you're seeing right now with the what you see with Dylan Dennis and you see with Jake Paul and you see with Ben Askren talking about Coker. It keeps them live <sighs> in the media. It's true. It keeps you live in the media. It keeps you going. And, and as long as you're active on Twitter, you know, it keeps your name relevant in other people's mouths. You know, and so I think it, it makes it makes sense. Uh, Colby Covington predicts Conor McGregor will beat washed up Dustin Poirier. Um, I, I think I think Conor does beat him, but I don't. It's gonna be I think it's gonna be a tougher fight than people think. So do I. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a tougher fight than people think. So I agree. I agree with you all the way across the board. I think Dustin can definitely win the fight. He just has yeah. to have that moment. But if it goes the way that I would think that it's gonna go, mm-hmm. eventually Conor's gonna get him. What I think is this, is that in the first fight, Dustin let him get into his head. In this fight, you can tell by the way that they've been in social media, they've been respectful to each other. How this all came about was was Conor McGregor saying he would fight him for a charity event. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, come on, be honest. How did it all come about? It all came about because Conor couldn't get a fight. Yeah. Based upon exactly what you were saying earlier, that the UFC didn't really want to have him in a fight because they couldn't sell tickets and they were going to lose money as far as all of that gate and everything. And then it was Connor saying, oh, eh, you know what? You've got a charity, don't you, Dustin? We'll put on a fight. We'll just do it for charity. It was, you got to look and you go, Connor, my hat's off to you. Yeah. Very nice play because Connor made them give him the fight. I think it's great. He really did. Yeah, it was great. And Dustin was the winner of that of that yes. sweepstakes of that Good red for him, man. I'm glad. I'm happy for him, man. He deserves it. He's uh he's been uh I, I don't want to call him a company guy, but he's been someone that's towed the line. He's, he's made sure been a company. You know, guy, he's been I mean, someone that just done everything he possibly can to make sure that the company's taken care of. He's fought the best fights he could he possibly could. He always comes to fight. Uh, I don't recall. He always him. represents himself beautifully. Yeah, I don't Everything. recall him ever turning fights down. I mean, no. it didn't make sense. I mean, like, oh, nope. you know, um, every fighter I think, respectively, has turned has turned fights down. Like, if you call me on a week's notice, two weeks notice, like, yeah, I'm not willing to take that fight for, you know, for a week or two to ruin, you know, not ruin my career, but have me drop in the rankings because of it. So, I mean, I don't recall him ever doing that. Maybe there was, but no. maybe someone else can refresh my memory. But nope. He yeah. Uh, as far as Colby goes, I mean, move on, bro. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if George is looking for the big, the big. I think this, this could be a big money fight. He it should could be. It could be a big money fight. Uh, but another I fight with Nate it could would be, be for a, him. 
I think I think it could be as well. But I think another fight with Nate would be more of a big money fight. Just the name value itself to me, like you said a second ago, they move the needle. These yes, brothers, I would like to see George and Nick. If Nick's gonna fight again, I want to see George and Nick, not George and that, Nate. Okay, see to me that is the fight that he can make more money at. Yes, yeah. that's the fight that you look and you go. I don't think he'll make as much money fighting Nate as he would fighting Colby. Yeah. But I think he'll make more money fighting Nick yeah. than either one of them. That that to me makes perfect sense. That fight makes perfect sense. Oh yeah. All right, what else? Is that it? Um comes at you my sense warning to Conor McGregor. <laughs> Jesus, to Conor McGregor. Said if he ever sees him in the island, there will be something and UFC oh. needs to hide it. Oh, <laughs> Whatever that means. Uh <laughs> Jamaica's got Leon Edwards to worry about. Everyone, yep. Everyone keeps sending me uh, video clips of, uh, I guess, Jamea have knocked out someone's feeling in training, and maybe the feeling was loose. Calm down. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see him fight, though, against Leon. That should be a good fight. Hey, I'm hearing that the, the Dan Hooker and Michael Chandler fight is a three-round fight. If that is the case, I'm going I'm going Michael Chandler because they're, the, they're on the undercard. Not undercard. They're the co-main event for the... Uh, Connor fight. Really? That's what I'm hearing. If if that that I, was a, that, that was a technical miscue by Dan Hooker. Yes, people. it was. Yep. Yep. That's the, this is one you want it to be five rounds. I think I think uh, Chandler wins now for sure. Yeah. Out, outside of getting clipped, which he could, but sure. I, I I think I think uh, Michael Chandler wins. People are gonna murder us for that and that's okay and I've, all, wa I've watched both guys enough to know the difference yeah all of you guys should know i am not a michael chandler fan not at all okay and so the fact <laughs> you that are I'm not saying, i am the fact that i am saying this that lets you know that he is good like he really is good he's very he's talented fucking really he's good explosive he's fast i've trained for him three, he's powerful I he's have, got power in his hands i had three camps training for him i did plenty of research on him um He's good, and Dan. Don't get me wrong. Dan Hooker's phenomenal as well. Yes, but he does not have he does not have the speed and the wrestling he, to stop. He Michael doesn't Chandler. have the physical strength to stop the wrestling of Michael Chandler. Yeah. Michael Chandler's smart and uses his wrestling the way that he can. It'll be a long three rounds. Yeah, and once that fight hits the ground, people are going to realize how physically strong Michael Chandler is when he gets on top of people and yep. just mauls them. Like yep. just nasty ground and pound. He's quick on the neck. He's quick Hooker will on be the able guillotine. to get up a couple times. Yeah, he'll be able he, to get up a couple times because he'll he, have to. He'll have to use a lot of energy to do it. Can he get up though without giving up his neck? I I didn't say anything about yeah, that. That's like, like to me, it's not even so much the ground and pound and being able to get back up. It's the way of getting up and does he expose his neck? Chandler's good at getting to the back and Chandler's good at jumping on that guillotine. Yep. He's nasty. He's good at pushing the hips in against you, keeping you against the fence and attacking the neck. So you go back down to the ground. That's kind of how he tries to establish that top position. When you go to Whoa. get up, he jumps on the neck. You go back down and try and get your head free. He goes back to ground and pound. You go to get up. He jumps back on the neck. You know, he, he's good at what he does. He's got his little routine of what he does. He cycles it through. You start to get back up. He attacks certain positions that puts yourself back on the ground. He knows what plus he's if, doing. Plus, if you're that guy who does tend to turn your back to get away from him and he is in that stand up and he's got his hands wrapped around your body. Yeah. Stand by. Yeah. You're, you're going for a ride. There's an e-ticket coupon, man, that you're going to be pulling out because he's going to be suplexing you on your head. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's yeah. he's gonna let it be known, especially in a three round fight. Yep. Well, the fatigue is not the concern is not there. Not at all. Should make for a fun fight. Oh, okay, so yep. we have Q and A now. Good. Are you ready? Questions. Yes. Yep. All right. Full disclosure: the first three questions is personally picked by Podcast Day. With that being said, first question. Whoa! Full disclosure. <laughs> now you're starting to scare me. Hey, wait! Be, before we start our before we start our our Q and A, let's go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use the promo code Wayne in, and they will give you fifty percent of your initial first deposit of up to a thousand dollars. So if you deposit a thousand dollars, they will give you another five hundred dollars on your first initial deposit to bet. 500 free dollars. 500 free dollars, baby. God, you got to love that. Spend at least 50 of that betting on Logan Paul or whoever. Oh, Jake Paul against Floyd not. Mayweather. Do it. Thank do God. it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it, I guess if you're spending your uh the free part, maybe you can do it. Yeah, just 50 bucks. Just 50. You bucks. think okay, you think my bookie's going to have odds on that? Uh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, had, they had they had odds on Senate races and shit. No one gives a fuck about that shit. Like they had they had odds in Senate races. They had odds on the the. It was just ridiculous. They had odds on district court races and shit. It was crazy. All right, give me the questions. All right, first question is from your daddy, Brock Lesnar. Uh, versus I don't Bobby. even want to know this one. Your now. daddy, <laughs> Brock Lesnar versus uh, Bobby Lashley in MMA. Who wins and why? Ooh, that would be a fun fight. It would. Bobby Lashley is the better wrestler. Uh, no. Yes. No. Yes. Hands down. Bo Bobby. No. Really? Hold on. What? What did Bobby Lashley win in wrestling? NAIA. Man, Bobby Lashley actually was like on the Olympic ladder for wrestling. No. 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 Yes. No, no, That's no. That's what I meant, no, Bobby. No, Bobby was ranked no. number four I, on the I Olympic know I know exactly where he was at, but you, he also, he won NAIA, and you're looking at, at Brock was a dominant heavyweight. Bobby wasn't even wrestling heavyweight. Bobby would beat him. No. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> Negative not, on that not, one. Not in MMA. I got, <laughs> I got Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Bobby's my boy. This is me being. A, this is me being a homer. homer Bobby's my boy, though. Bobby Lashley's my boy. I love Bobby. He's a great guy. But don't preface this, but but don't go with but. <laughs> I, I really, I really look at it. I think in the in a fight, uh -huh. I, I think it would be, it would come down to who's better on their feet. Yeah, you know, and that's in the end. Bobby was actually getting pretty good on his feet. He was a lot more comfortable. He wasn't. He wasn't straining as much. And yeah. Wasn't. That he was tense, like in the beginning when he was first fighting. Uh, Brock, Brock has to has to be explosive and stuff. I don't know that that would be a good good matchup. I don't think it would come down to the wrestling. The guy who ended up with the takedown and being on top one time is the guy that's going to win the fight. Yeah, yeah. I would. I honestly believe as much as Bobby's my boy. I'd probably in an MMA fight. I'd probably lean towards Brock. But I, I, I think. Uh, Look at you turn. I know, but Bobby's my boy, man. I, I would, I'd be cheering for Bobby for sure. Next one. Next one. No, is this. You know why this was fucking picked? Because WWE bullshit. <laughs> that's okay, why. Man. That's why podcast Dave, Dave right. picked. Podcast it. Dave. Next one is from Shamby zero three twenty. What's the oddest injury you ever seen or heard on on why someone needed to pull out of a fight? Oddest injury. I don't know, man. It's like an excuse to pull out of a fight. Yeah, I know what you mean. 
I don't know. That's a rough one. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to spend more time thinking about that. Yeah, you got me. It's a lot of dead air right there. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> like, I mean, everyone kind of bangs up their feet, hurt their knees, but oddest injury. Oh, shit, I don't even know, man. Just so you have COVID. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, I can't think. I mean, everyone like you get banged up fingers. You know, I've I've had guys fight with broken toes. I've you know, rock hole. I think. Uh, you know, he's. I think he fought with the broken toe. You know, he. I mean, like Luke didn't pull out, but of the Chris Weidman fight, he got he had gout in his ankle. He was on. Oh. He had to take antibiotics that week. Yeah, That's he, why he was having problems. Yeah, he was fucking exhausted, gassed yeah. out after the first round. He was so fucking tired. Yeah, and I know he was in shape, man. He was in phenomenal shape for that fight. But then the week of, he ended up getting like gout in his ankle. And he just, that was it, man. man he was on a box all week. Showed him the fight. Other than that, I mean, he still fought, though. He didn't pull out. So, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Nothing, John? No, not that I can think of that would be, you know, above average. Yeah. Sorry. Next one. All right, next one is from uh, Kieran Welsh. Why is Askren uh, fighting Jake Paul? He's going to get knocked out in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we covered this. We covered that. We don't know, man. I, I don't. I, I think it's a big money grab. I think it's maybe Ben thinks he can beat him. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, I, man. I do think Ben thinks he can beat him, but he's not being uh, he's not being honest about his skill set. And where he was good, and he's not taking into account the actual skill set of the person he's going to be fighting. Yeah. That could that could lead to a bad situation. But we'll see. I guess we'll see. What's that? March, September, or is it's in March? March is Staples Center, supposedly. Jeez. All right. All right. Next one is from JPW three twenty eight. What is your favorite MMA event of all time? My favorite MMA event of all time. It's got to go back to the Pride days, man. I used to love watching all the old Pride. <laughs> Just to be honest, man, my old the old Pride days. I remember we we never really gathered to really watch the UFC. Everyone was kind of like, yeah, the UFC's on, and they kind of like, you know, two or three people would come and watch it. Pride was like, we're watching the Pride fights, man. Everyone's coming over to someone's house and bring food and drinks. It was. It was a huge event to watch the Pride fights. Everyone loved it. It was just, to me, it was all the Pride, all the Pride shows. The Pride shows were awesome. Just the, well, which the, one? Pr all of them, man. They, they, there's ah. not one event. They were all really good. They were fun. I, I will say that the production at Pride was something yeah. you had to actually be at to understand. Mm -hmm. It was, oh, was incredible. <laughs> it was well. I'm not saying be but it was the production inside the arena and then they had the one show that had what 91,000 people yeah. at it yeah. you know they, they had some just immense shows but they were fun I but let's I, see I, I will tell you that i thought the one the one that i i loved there was one moment you know i thought uh, ufc 40 was a big one as far as i, I thought there. it was it was the changing of the time when i looked at and said you know Ever since UFC one, I was was concerned that it was going to end. Yeah. But when UFC forty happened, I was like, "It's going to make it. The sport's going to make it." Yeah. And which was, you know, for for me, 
it was people don't know that hey, I, I was in court fighting for the sport too many times. I was in Senate hearings, you know, state Senate hearings, not U.S. Uh, federal government, state Senate hearings explaining the sport to people. I was going to representatives, you know, chambers or their offices to explain the sport to them over just all these times. And it was like, man, everyone's trying to kill it. Everyone, these guys, they want to kill the sport. And it was always that question of, man, how much longer, you know, until one of these guys comes up with something that they're able to, you know, drive the nail into the heart of the sport. But it was UFC 40 that told me, ah, it ain't going to happen. This is going to make it. And then the UFC that happened in uh, Toronto, Canada, it was the, the first major show in Toronto. I did the very first show in Toronto that they did just before the UFC, which was UFC 129, which was St. Pierre versus Jake, Jake Shields. And, uh, you know, that was 55,000 people in the Sky Dome. And with that show, there was Mark Hominick and Jose Aldo was the co-main event. And I asked for that fight. and They gave it to me. I didn't, I didn't want to do the St. Pierre Shields. I had done Jake's last four fights, I think. And I said, I would much rather if you can give me the, the Aldo Hominick, I'd really like to do that fight. And there was, you know, all the... And they they did a lot of screens up and around the the arena and stuff. But when Mark Hominick was walking out, they put up this you know, Canadian flag with snow coming down, and it was the P Diddy had that song "Coming Home" with mm-hmm. Skylar Gray and stuff. You know, I'm coming home. Yeah, yeah. And it and it was Mark Hominick's first time fighting in his home. You know, for the UFC like that, it was just fucking cool. Yeah, I remember I was standing inside of the octagon looking at 55,000 people and watching Mark Hominick walk out because he's walking out first. And I was like, God damn, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And so that was a really cool moment for me. I really enjoyed that show. I mean, I can go into all the events that I was actually in. Like I was in the Pride and we fought in Nagoya. When we fought in Nagoya, there was 43,000 people there. They had they had the fire behind the rain. So it was like, and I'm standing, you're standing right in front of the rain. The rain is actually falling straight down and hitting the, it's going into like a trough kind of thing. And like, you can feel the water bouncing out of there. You got a little bit of a mist every time. It's kind of like over your shoulder and the fires lighting up behind it. And like, you can feel the heat as well as the wet. I mean, those are events that I was part of, but in terms of like, those to me will be always kind of like my favorite events. But the ones that I, the ones that I look back on and the pride ones is like when Fedor, when Fedor fought Mirko, just all the anticipation that led up to that him and him and Kevin Randleman, when Randleman fucking picked him up and slammed him on his head. Like, you know, the, the, the several times that Vanderlei and Rampage fought just all the lead up to those fights, people talked this show had never really been to the, to the U S at the time. You guys got to remember that. Like it, it, it came what twice 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 but the it Thomas hadn't come yet. it hadn't come yet when we were when, when everyone was gathering around trying to watch these fights it was they weren't they probably never come to the stage yet and then they finally came to the cox pavilion right or whatever it was no no Vegas. no was thomas and mac thomas and mac sorry but yeah. i say i say cox cox Anyways. cox pavilion that's where they did the first ultimate fighter show that Got bonner it. Okay. and uh and uh 
God. Okay. Forrest okay. Griffin. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thomas and Mac is is where it was at UNLV, correct? UNLV. Um, so yeah, that's where they had the uh, the first Pride event there, and that that was I was there at that event. Phil Baroni fought there. He fought uh, the boxing uh, Japanese guy. Phil took him down and kimoraed him. Anyways, it was just you know. Anyways, it was. There's a lot of good events that I recall, but like the ones that had the the aura about them were the ones like the Merco well, and the Fable. Talk about the, the production that what the first one in Vegas mm -hmm. at the Thomas and Mac when Fedor Fedor was going to fight Mark Coleman, mm -hmm. and when Fedor walked out, they actually had snow coming yeah. down from the scene. It was actually real snow. Wow. You know, it was like shaped ice. It was snow coming down. It was like they didn't, you know, just do like waxy stuff or anything. Yeah. It was actually real, Jeez. you know, because they were, you know, talking about, you know, he was the last emperor and it was as cold as ice and stuff. Yeah. It was really cool. Well, remember that was what fight was that? It was uh, Robbie Lawler fought Joey Villasenor, I believe. Yeah. Knocked him out with yep. a flying knee or a kick or something like yep. that. Um, <clears throat> there was Vitor a Belfort fought uh, Vanderlei and Dan Henderson fought Dan Henderson. Vitor Belfort no, fought. No, no. Vanderland Dan Henderson fought fought the second one. Yes. They were the they were the uh, main event of the second one. Yes. So yeah. that oh that was the second one. Okay, yeah. So anyways, so yeah, I mean, just there was a lot of good events that people just I think over time we have forgot. I was at sure. UFC 40. It was called Vendetta. That was Tito yep. Ortiz, and I was there at that Shamrock. fight. Yep. Yeah, I hadn't fought yet. I had signed with the UFC before UFC 32. I got in some trouble. And, um, <laughs> Had to go away for a while and came back. And when I came back, it was like one of the first fights that I was supposed to fight at UFC 37 and a half. And I got injured and then UFC 40 came and then I went to that show and then I fought, you know, four shows later. But uh, yeah, it was, um, that was, that to me was a phenomenal show as well. That was one of those, like you said, that to me was the show that made me feel like the sport was going to make it. That was, was UFC 40. Yep. Go ahead. Our next question is from, let me see. Aces Wild MMA, do you have any doubts that Magomed Magomedov will be Bellator champion in 2021? Do I have any doubts? Yep. I don't have any doubts, but it won't be easy. I don't think it is be. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any doubts, but it won't be easy. There'll be some guys in there. I think guys like Patchy Mix will give him a hard time. There's guys in there that are going to give him a hard time. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think I think he's got a good a good does, chance of being champion. Well, does he have the skill set to be, you know, to get that title? Sure he does. He's an outstanding fighter, but he's going to he's got a lot of tough competition and there's guys that are going to give him problems. Mm -hmm. You know, and people aren't even thinking of some of them. Sergio Pettis. Mm -hmm. Sergio Pettis is going to give him some problems because he's not easy, you know, as far as to zero in on Sergio and take him down and keep him down. No no doubt in my mind that Magomed can do it. I don't know if he can do it continuously without getting touched up because Sergio and Peter Yan are kind of similar in some ways as far as movement. I think Peter Yan has more power, uh, so that's a big equation in it. But Sergio Pettis is, is going to give him some problems. You know, the champion in Juan Archuleta, lots of movement, lots of anti-wrestling. You know, Juan Archuleta comes from a, a very good wrestling background. He can wrestle, you know, so all he's got to do is stop some of those those wrestling takedowns and just start touching people, you know, anything can happen, but there's no doubt that Magomed has the skill set that he could be the champion. I think the only guy that gives him a hard time is patchy mix. You think patchy is, huh? Yep. Just, I yep. think, especially within the first three rounds. And I think patchy is going to make a lot of adjustments 
after his loss to Juan because he was dominating that fight and he he just got tired. I think that he's going to make some adjustments coming into his next couple. Do you fights. think that was the difference in that fight? He got tired. Yep. I, I I don't look at it that way. I think he got frustrated and didn't fight smart towards the end of the fight. I he was following and he he was doing things that you look and you go, just just be relaxed. I think that's be, that that all came from him. That all stemmed from him being tired. He couldn't get the okay. takedowns anymore, and that frustration sets in because you can't do what you normally do because you're tired. Now yeah. I'm not saying that he was exhausted to the point where he could it just he it just the energy wasn't there to he didn't want to put the energy out because if you put too much there's that there let me break this down and i know you know already is that when you know that there's still two rounds left do i go so hard and if i don't get this takedown now i'm exhausted for the next two minutes that could cost me getting finished fighters start looking in in those terms as they're in there like sure God, I don't want to waste too much energy. Okay, I'd rather just be out here standing on my feet, having a little bit of control over what's going on, not being so tired where I can't even defend myself. And I think Patchy ran into that problem somewhere around the third round. He just couldn't get, he couldn't get the takedown anymore. Once you realize you couldn't get the takedown anymore, it's like shit. You're stuck standing. The frustration's there. He was hoping that Juan would make a mistake, and Juan never made a mistake. I think that Patchy will make the difference. He will make some. He'll make some changes going in with his conditioning. And he'll be a better fighter because of it. I think so. Yeah. Next one. Next one is from Sin City Digital Evidence. If the world was ending and you could only choose one last MMA fight to watch, what fight would you <laughs> want to see? <laughs> the world was ending. As much as I love MMA, I don't think that would be the first thing on my mind. Yeah. I can, but, you know what? I sorry. can tell you. Go ahead. Go ahead. John. Go ahead. No, no, no. no go, my, go. Mine's the best. Mine's the best. So you go right ahead. My my <laughs> fight's the best. Oh my god! Let's see if if the world was ending and I could pick one fight that I could see. I honestly, I think I would. Uh, I would do one. I would. It'd be simple. I would be doing a cross promotional lines fight. I want to see someone like. Uh, I want to see Volkanovski against Ferrer. I want to see Pitbull yeah. and Volkanovski. That's what I would want to see. Really? Yeah. That's it? That's all you got? Jeez, That's man. all I got, baby. Mine is Dana fucking White and Big John. <laughs> <laughs> Dana fucking White and Big John. That's a good one. That would be my fucking fight. And you know who the co-main event would be? Who? Be fucking Chin and fucking Podcast Dave. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the fucking fight. Freedom. 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 I would love to see Chin and fucking podcast Dave get after it. Those would be my two fights. I wouldn't need any more. It'd be like boxy, just two fucking good fights. And that's uh, it. A bunch of fucking no name undercard people. <laughs> fucking Gian and the Butler <laughs> fucking fighting. Uh, next one. Next one is from uh, JPW328 again. Besides the downward elbows, what was the worst rule change to modern MMA? Well, let's go, Josh. Let's see. What is the worst? I would worst just, rule changes to modern. To modern and worst rule change, changes. Uh, <laughs> like it would just be like when they when they try to go from like one hand to two hands to no like when they try, they sw they kept swapping it back and forth. Right? It was like you had to have Gr two hands fighter. down. Yeah, grounded fighter. Like it's been the biggest clusterfuck that's been going on. I, I would say that's it. Like the the downward elbow thing. It's a little frustrating sometimes when you're in the position, you know, you could downward elbow them, but it's, it's, it is what it is, whatever. 
it's just it's a silly rule i don't know i would tell you that i the, the biggest thing i that's caused a problem in the sport is i think exactly what josh is saying the uh down fighter and what it is because there's so many variations to it i think uh the last time we checked there's seven different variations from state to state province to province in north america with what is considered a grounded fighter that's ridiculous the nfl doesn't change its uh rules when it goes from chicago to la or la to new york or texas it's always the same and it's got to be the same way for mma so i would say the grounded fighter rule is the thing that's caused the most problems i don't know if it's you know the worst thing overall as far as uh for the sport but it's caused the most problems next one next one is from uh, felipe gutierrez big john what was going through your mind when you were refereeing kimbo versus dada 5000 <laughs> <laughs> honest to god uh, the the first thing going through my mind is, is i'm gonna kill these guys <laughs> because uh, and i and I, when I when i'm saying that it's they were both exhausted and i'm breaking them apart to try to get a fight actually moving because they're exhausted and they can't fight and i i i knew that dada had lost a lot of weight to make the 265 pound limit for heavyweight i knew he had lost a lot of weight they had told me that, and that concerned me because when you lose that much weight and there's bad things that happen and they did happen but it was um I'm supposed to be there to let the fight happen and to follow the rules. You know, I can tell you there's two times in my entire career that I ever stood a fighter up out of mount. Two times. And we're talking thousands and thousands of fights. The first time was Jeremy Horn against Frank Shamrock. I think it was UFC 17. And it was, you know, Jeremy gets mount and he's just he bases out and Frank is just you know he's got both hands clasped around and he's just holding on keeping himself kind of safe and Jeremy's not doing anything fine I say Jeremy you got to do something right right and he, he would take a hand and he'd move it kind of in the and he put it right back out to basing out basing out right but you know I t finally tell him Jeremy you've got to do something I'm going to stand you up right and I say it multiple times and finally I stand him up and it, eventually it wasn't right then but a little bit later they fall into a position off of a takedown and, and Frank gets a knee bar and ends the fight. And I felt horrible as far as taking Jeremy out of the position, but I had to do it for what, you know, the promotion wanted at the time to keep the fight going and stuff. I went in the back and I asked him, I said, man, dude, did you not hear me? And Jeremy was great. He says, he goes, Oh yeah, John, I heard every, every word you said. And I go, what in the world were you thinking? He goes, honestly, I'm thinking, I am mounted on top of Frank Shamrock and I don't want him to do anything to me. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, the second time that I took someone out of mount was Kimbo Slice mm -hmm. because he's on top of Dada and he can't do anything. He's just, he's just laying there, yeah. not doing anything. And I had to take him out of it to try to get the fight going. You know, and it was, uh, it was two guys that, you know, obviously they had a lot of heart and, you know, Kimbo could fight, but he was exhausted. And he also had, later we learn, you know, medical problems that would cause him to be exhausted in that. But that, I came close to killing both of those guys <laughs> in that fight by, by pushing the pace on them. So 
Next one. All right. Next one is from Josh's Instagram feed. This guy, uh, John the Conqueror, says, "Would Josh come out of retirement to fight Paul Felder in the first UFC Bellator cross promotion event?" Absolutely not. <laughs> Why the fuck would I want to get my ass kicked by fucking Paul Felder? Why the fuck Felder? would I want to fight a guy that hits as hard as Paul Felder, kicks as hard as Paul Felder, get the fuck and is as fast? As Paul Felder, did because you, he looked really fast in his last fight. Did you not see what he did to fucking Dos Anjos till he got tired? Get the fuck out of here. I don't want to <laughs> fight that guy ever. You know what's funny is how the fuck do all these, even when I was with Stryker, everyone wanted me to fucking fight strikers. Did, was I a striker at some point in my career? I always considered myself more of like yeah. a wrestler slash grappler. No, man. Like I, <laughs> When I was with Strikeforce, they wanted, to fight, wanted me to fight Cerrone, wanted me to fight Pettis, wanted me to fight. I was like. God, and then now Paul Felder, get the hell out of here, man. These guys are killers. No, I'm 43 or whatever, 43 years old. I don't want to fight these guys. No, I'm not coming out of retirement. <laughs> Fuck no. I'm not a. I'm not Ben Askren, man. I'm not uh, fighting dude, these guys. No uh, way. A man's got to know his limitations, and I've yeah. done mine. I'm yeah, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm done, dude. I live my <laughs> life. I had a good career. I'm happy with where I'm at, man. This That's good. good. Next good. one. See, you're getting smarter all the time. That's Jeez. what I love about you. Hanging out look with at, you. Look, look at the big brain on you, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one is from uh, Hmong Shi Li. John and Josh, with the Bellator signing UL and Rumble at 205, how does that shake up the division? And do you see either fighter being a title contender by the late 2021 I think I think oh, so, yeah. I think they're all going to be title contenders. I really believe at some point probably that that they're either going to do a 135 pound uh grand prix or a 205, 205. or 205. 205 but i think you would it's go one two, of the two you would go 205 first because yoel's 44 okay anthony johnson's 36 you know Corey anderson's a new signee you've got plenty of hype and, and around it we've done the lighter weight class title uh tournaments now let's go right into the heavy guys we did the yep. heavyweight now we did the lighter one and now we're going back to the light heavyweight it makes well, sense, you, you, man. you did heavyweight, you did welterweight, Sorry, and well, you went down yeah. to featherweight. That's right. So go back up. I I could definitely see it. No matter what, I don't. Yeah, and I do not know if Bellator is going to do a a light heavyweight tournament, but somehow I see the signing of both of those guys, Rumble and Yoel. That's a fight people want to see. Yeah. Be it they were both in the UFC and now they're both in Bellator. People want to see that fight. I think that's a fight that Bellator makes. Now, I am not Rich Chow and I am not Mike Kogan. They could look at me and go, you're a fucking idiot, John. But I just see that that's a fight that people are interested in and it would be a fun fight. So yeah, uh, I could see them matching them up right away. We also signed two uh, really tough Russians, one being a former champion. Well, for one, the... One's a former champion with ACA and the other's a former champion at M1. Yeah. Both of them can fight. I've seen them both. They're both good, man. Yeah. And when you guys uh figure out how to say their names, send me the recording. <laughs> send me the recording, please. Okay. This is this is what you need Michael C. Williams. I'm for. gonna feed that right into my earpieces. I'm calling these fights. Jeez, I'm not I'm gonna wait for that. I'm gonna wait to find out what their nicknames are because that's all I'm gonna call them by. <laughs> it's gonna right. be fun. Next one is from Dylan Roger. How are referees and judges held accountable when they make mistakes such as late stoppages and bad decisions? John, that's your... Oh, yeah. I, I was going to let you talk. <sighs> All right. Wait, how are they held accountable? I have zero idea. Here, here's, here's the thing for you to think about. 
are referees and judges going to make mistakes? Yes, they're human. They're going to make mistakes. You have to take a look at the mistake they made and figure out how did it happen? And is that something that is, well, most people are going to make a mistake in that same situation. So when you say, you know, how are they held accountable? They're held accountable by the fact that in the, when you have the fights, everything goes on. When the fights are over, the commission usually has a meeting in the back. And in that meeting, they start to go over all the things that they look at that went bad. You know, if there was something judging they didn't like, you know, they think that the judging was wrong in a fight. They think the judging was off. Um, they're going to go over it. With referees, they're going to do the same thing as far as, all right, let's talk about why did you do this, you know, in this fight? And they're going to have that referee explain at least, you know, what they saw and what they were thinking at that time. Now you have the other referees there, and that's a time that we look at as a learning moment because they can get input from the other referees that, hey, you could have done this, you could have thought about this and that issue. I can tell you that. You know, there have been fights where referees have made a decision. It's a, it, it turned out to be a bad decision and they still have fights left in the card and they're taken off of those fights. And all of a sudden I was told, Hey, you're doing this, this fight also. And it's a horrible position to be in if you're the guy being put into it because you, you don't want to, you know, be the guy that's sliding in and taking this guy's fight. But if you're the commission, you can understand, oh, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't agree with your, you know, your, your cognitive ability right now, your ability to make a decision. I'm not going to give you another chance. It is up to that commission at that point. They can either sit that referee down. They can sit that judge down for as long as they want and uh, have them do certain things to bring themselves back. There are commissions that do that. And then there are commissions that'll look at it and go, all right, you understand what the mistake was. All right, let's move on. And they'll bring them back. And as long as they continue to work, you know, in a uh, competent fashion, they're going to be okay. You will have times that they make a mistake again and you'll see them, you know, being sit down. There's, it's not easy. You know, the one thing I want to make clear is this for everyone. If you think that the referees or judges don't care you're fucking nuts. Okay. They care more than you realize. They care, they care more than you can ever imagine because it's so different to be a judge and to be sitting in that chair and that piece of paper that's sitting in front of you that you're going to mark, it actually means something. It's not like when you're sitting there watching the fights or me and Josh watching fights and we just, we sit there and I mark something. My, my score doesn't mean shit. Okay. It, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Doesn't matter when you're the judge, it makes a difference. And it's a whole lot different making that call when that score matters. It is not taken lightly. In fact, these guys take it very seriously. They do a whole lot more than you would ever imagine as far as talking with each other, going over fights, rescoring fights, they do it continuously because they care. When you're the referee, trust me, you care. 
you do you you don't want to do anything that's going to affect a fighter's career in a bad way because you're the one that lives with it i know that people look at it and it's like oh you should have let that fight go on you know and a and a, a referee stops the fight and they're all upset i the one thing that the referee can't they can't show you what was going to happen and again one of the things that's happened with the covid era is you're able to hear things now that in the past you couldn't hear and stuff. Well, that's all information that helps the referee make decisions. But when the, when the referee allows the fight to go on and doesn't stop the fight, and then the fighter does get hurt, the referee is the one that has to live with it. And trust me, it makes a big determination in their mind because they are living with it. They think about it all the time. You as the fans, you put that, you know, you, you get mad, you, you type stuff on Twitter, on Instagram, you say your things, and then boom, it's gone. Well, it's not gone for the referee. He lives with it and thinks about it every day. It doesn't go away. It's part of you because they do care. And so I just want that to be put out there. It's a lot more important, the decisions they make, than people realize as far as personally to them. <clears throat> Yeah, the, the judging part is definitely more difficult than people think because I think with the over-evaluation of what happens, fighter, or not fighters, but judges will sometimes over- Overanalyze. Overanalyze And that causes the problems, yep. By, by more conversations with more people, more talking and discussion of watching the fight over and over and over again, they will overanalyze what they're looking at when in reality it's not, I'm honestly like it's not that difficult, but it's like they are they are they're looking at like you said overanalyzing. They're looking at it too in depth, and they're criticizing every little thing when they they didn't need to. They could have just said, yep. "Okay, look, this guy won the takedown. This guy got up. It's kind of a wash. This guy did this. This guy did that. Okay, like I'm gonna give it to this guy." But instead, they're they're looking at every little piece of it too much. That I would say that's probably more of the of the factor that plays a factor than than people think. Um, as far as what the refing goes, I have no problem with when refs stop it early and when refs stop it a tiny bit late. The reason being is is because you literally have a split second to make that decision to jump in. One is one fighter will be mad at you because you stopped too early, and the other fighter it, the next time when they stop too late, everyone will be mad at you because you stopped it too late. So yep. it's it's a shitty situation to be in, but you have a split second to make those decisions. But either way, at the end of the day. Look, dude, it's all about, hey, you can still fight, you know, and you can, there's one more fight left or whatever it is. You, you have another fight left in you, whether, whatever, whatever, whatever fighter you are. So you can't, I can't, I just, I look at, you know, when John missed the headbutt, I mean, you know, I looked at it that way and I was like, you know, I just moved on. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, no, it just, it's, it's not. I didn't miss the headbutt. I enjoy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's, I understand. It all it all makes sense now. It all, it all makes, makes sense. sense. It all <laughs> makes sense. You know, but what, one of the things I want you to, everyone to understand: there's so much pressure. You have no concept of the pressure that's on those officials, and they they take all of the stuff that you guys put out there, and you know all the comments, and it affects them. It affects them a lot, you know, to the point where you look, there's been uh, there was a referee this year that has walked away 
based upon one fight and the comments from that one fight. And there's other ones out there, the top of the food chain guys, that they're contemplating not doing it anymore because of the amount of pressure and the response that they get when, you know, it, I, I will say this. There was a guy, that I want to say his, I don't want to say his name wrong, but I think it's Curtis Pyle did this cartoon thing with Mark Goddard recently. And it was on what it's like to be a referee. And he did this whole thing and, and Mark Goddard kind of talks and it's, it's really good, really well done. It's, it's, he talks about, Hey, you know, before the big fight, he'll, he'll always go in the back and just take some time. I used to do the same thing. And you just want to clear your mind because every fight is different. You can think, you know, what's going to happen, but every fight is what I call a work of art that just starts to play out and become what it is in front of you. And you can't, you can't make decisions on what you think is going to happen. You have to go with what really does happen. And in it, you know, Mark says something about, he goes, I could stop a meteorite from hitting the earth and there'd be people that would be upset with me. <laughs> That's what it's like to be a referee in MMA. No matter what you do, there are people that are going to be upset with what you did, even if what you did was perfect. So it's just part of, it's, it's part of the game and it's part of wearing the hat. I, I think with, with any, whether you're a ref, whether you're a judge, whether you're a fighter, an athlete, whatever it is, when it comes down to this type of stuff, stay the fuck away from social media. Don't even. Oh bother. God, yes. Don't I tell guys bother. all the time. Yeah. Just gotta, you just gotta follow what. I, I honestly, I started doing this just probably just only like a month ago when you and I had talked about it, and some of the other guys on our production team talked about it. Is I I listened to a little bit of what Rogan said as well as what you guys said. It's just post your stuff and move on. Oh yeah. Don't care. Like you know, if someone says something positive, thank them for it. The rest of it. Anybody else, anything else, just move on. Like you're, you're, you're not making a difference in my life, you know, like <laughs> not a positive one anyways. And so I can move on. <laughs> so I can move on. That's really what it comes down to. Next one. Yep. Next one is from Nareg Darakijian. John oh and Josh, <laughs> who do you guys that's think? A, that's would, a, that right there is a name that Josh is going to have to pronounce in the next fight. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, John and Josh, who do you guys think wins in Bur uh, Burns versus Usman? I'm taking Burns in that. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah, I think Burns wins also. I think that Burns possesses the strongest game to beat Usman that there has as far as. What he brings to the table, he has all the tools to beat Usman. Will he do it? That remains to be seen. But he's the biggest threat yeah. for beating Kamaru Usman. Yeah, I, the way the reason why I feel like he's the biggest threat is because if he can get inside the boxing range, I, I think because he is shorter, stockier, he can hit the body, he can hit the head. He's not concerned about his head being pulled down into into being taken down. He's not afraid of being taken down. He's okay with being on the ground with anybody. Like it just, there's not as much of a threat there. Like he, his game limits Kamaro Usman's game. Yeah. And that Kamaro Usman normally, generally, usually takes guys to the ground. He uses his wrestling. He beats them up on the ground or he brings them up against the cage and uses a clinch game where he'll sit there and he'll dirty box and knee in all of those, you know, he's not going to want to take, you know, burns down. Yeah. 
he's 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 only going to want to take Burns down if Burns is hurt, and that's still a you know a, a moment where you got to be careful because Burns has the ability to submit anybody. He's that good, yeah. and so you take a look at what Kamaru Usman is good at. He can put him against the cage, and he could beat him up there, but that's where he's strongest. When you talk about boxing on the outside, I think Gilbert Burns' boxing on the outside is just as good as Kamaru Usman's, and he, he's got power in his hands. He can hurt Usman. Usman can hurt him, but on the feet, you know, Gilbert has gotten really good, yeah. and he, he uses... Good footwork. Now you take a look at what he did against, you know, Tyron Woodley. You know, Woodley's got power, and Gilbert just technically dismantled, you know, Woodley in the standup, and he's got the ability to do that. So the the big part of this whole thing is the skill set that Dorino brings. Gilbert Burns brings a skill set that can cause Kamaro Usman to limit his offensive skill set to the to the the point that he can't fight the fight that he normally does and that upsets his rhythm and it causes him a problem in the fight yeah yeah i think the the reach it's the reach and the range that's what gets me is that he's so long you know and then usman usman so gilbert's gonna have to get inside that because if he stays on the outside he's gonna end up looking like colby covington at the end you know what i mean and usman using that push kick usman using that jab sticking that jab out there i feel like i feel like gilbert's got to get on the inside he's got to make it because even even if there if once he gets on the inside it makes it easier for gilbert to grab him lock him up keep him from striking him those kind of things if so if gilbert gets in trouble in the boxing institution he can grab him and hold him usman's natural reaction maybe to take him down which falls right into what he wants to do so that's it's kind of this whole goichi yamauchi thing where People, yeah. they, you know, he has that weird long, weird, weird long stand-up style, and people end up taking him down, knowing he's good on the ground. And I feel like the same thing goes with Usman with Gilbert. If Gilbert gets inside and starts making it like one of those fights where we're grappling and we're t- we're pumbling, and I'm hitting some strikes on you, natural reaction might be for Usman for him to take him down and go right into where Gilbert Burns wants him to be. I'm gonna lean, like you said, all the things that Gilbert does well is what feeds into what Usman needs, but normally would do and so that i think it's going to benefit Us- uh gilbert burns more so i'm going to go with well there's sim- there's simple things you know usman is a natural wrestler that's where his background comes from and you take a look at what he does at times if he was trying to actually gain distance you'll watch usman at times he'll push he's strong and he'll straighten an arm out in framing instead of framing with his arm bent inside which is good for defending against submissions. He'll straighten the arm, and all it takes is that long for Gilbert Burns to grab hold of something, and all of a sudden that arm is getting stretched, so he's got to be very careful about what he does in the fight. Yeah, Good fight, though. Can't wait for it. It's going to be a good fight. Next. Do they have a date? Do they have a date for that fight? I don't think so. Next is from uh, Kevin Kevin. Um, How do you guys see... Kevin (laughs) Kevin. How do you guys see the uh, sport of MMA evolving? What do you guys see in 15, uh, 50 years from now? Evolving, huh? They'll get rid of the downward elbows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. I can't see how much more it would evolve. 
outside of just more fighters coming in from other countries that are relatively uh, not as they don't have as many top level fighters now, but they will eventually. Like in China, they've got a they've got a handful, but they, they're not gonna they don't have a lot of top top level. Not a lot of them, you know. They've but got they like will. They've got, yeah, they will. You know, they will. And I think that like what you're seeing right now, what in New Zealand and Australia, you're getting some top guys out of there and girls. You know what I mean? Um, like how you've seen with Russia now is just where there's just so many of them are coming out of there now. You know, before it was just the U.S., Brazil, and you know, and Japan. And then now you're seeing that it's worldwide now. It's becoming a worldwide sport. Sure, there's always been fighters that have uh, one or two that have come from certain areas of the world. But now you're seeing groups of them, you know, like you've had a couple from Sweden. You've had a couple from, you know, um, Italy now. You've had a couple from the UK, you know, several from the UK. You know, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see when you get more from like South Africa, you know, from that area there. I'm waiting to, I'm waiting to see when you get more from um, India. You know, you know, different areas of the world that we have not yet seen a lot of top fighters come from. Uh, I want to see I want to see. I think that's kind of where the, the future of the sport will be held, where these countries that have over a billion population, you know, um, when are they going to start producing just multiples of just stars? You know, I'm, I'm waiting to see on that. I think that that's kind of where the future of the sport will hold. Well, I think I think you're right as far as the future of the sport, as far as worldwide status and worldwide participation is a big part that's going to happen in the future the other part i think that you're going to see is there's just going to be a continuing uh evolution as far as what is done in mma that in the past we always say that will never work it's going to work those things are coming uh, the ability for people to pull those types of attacks off the ability for those people to uh, exhibit techniques that we always said ah, don't do that they will be done and it will be done frequently and it's only going to increase which only makes the sport better yep next next it's really not a question but star killer says this podcast is actually the best mma podcast out right now much love to rogan in dc and helwani but you guys are my pick for number one mma podcast you would be correct, buddy. I appreciate you. <laughs> I'm glad. You know, I, I, I don't want to say that I totally agree with you, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> because that was probably the most intelligent statement stated yeah. on this show today. <laughs> Next one. We'll give you guys uh, 10 more. T we'll do 10 more minutes of. Uh, yeah, 10 more minutes. All right. Lucas Hernandez said, should Tyron Woodley stay at 170 or go 185 if he stays in UFC or go to an or go to another promotion. Uh, look, I think it's what thirty-eight years old. Mm -hmm. I think um, maybe he does. Maybe he maybe he goes to the PFL. Fights guys like Ray Cooper. I don't know if Jake's still there or not. Uh, but you know, you've got you've got that division. That's another name value that they could use. Um, I don't think there would be a whole lot of interest for him to to go to Bellator. Um, they just had the welterweight tournament. There's not, you know, there's not a lot of fights for him there. I mean, there'd be a couple, but I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening or panning out. So I think, I think the PFL would probably be the way. I don't know. I don't even know if the PFL would be interested, but I could see that potentially working out for him. I mean, staying in the UFC, him and Dana don't get along. And, and I know from experience that when you don't get along with Dana, there's really no reason for you to be there anymore. Just move on, go somewhere else. Yeah. 
I don't know what Tyron's going to do. I, I really, I love Tyron. He's a great guy and he's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. If you're looking and saying, could he go up stature wise? He's got a lot of muscle on his body. You know, as far as, uh, he's not real long though. Yeah. Now his, his reach isn't bad, but at 185, you're talking about guys that are, you know, the Luke Rockholds are six foot three, you know, the, the, Gegard Musasi, six foot two. You're getting guys that are normally in that uh, anywhere from six foot to six foot four is the norm of the middleweight class now. Take a on Israel Adesanya, six foot four. So, frame wise, I just don't think that no. Tyron matches up well moving up to 185. So, I think, you know, his, his, his perfect weight class is the welterweight. I think, yeah, he's got to lose some weight to, to make that weight limit, but he's used to that. And uh, he still has speed. What Tyron needs is confidence. Mm -hmm. He needs confidence. Just go out and be the guy that he was when he was searching for that title. Be the guy that was knocking out guys like, you know, Josh Koscheck, you know, putting it on Robbie Lawler to take the title, you know, marching down on, you know, Wonder Boy. That's the guy he needs to be. He needs to get that confidence back. Yeah. Get the swagger. Agree. All right. Next one is from Charles Foster Kane. How old is too old for someone to start fighting? <laughs> I mean, now these days it's 21, 22. You should have been training when you were 13, 14, the way the level of jiu-jitsu is and wrestling. And I mean, just the level of wrestling and jiu-jitsu itself. Uh, I felt like with striking, you could always adapt and make that happen as long as you're wrestling and jiu-jitsu were well. It'd be, it's not, I feel like it's not the other way around. You can't just develop your wrestling and your, and your, and your jiu-jitsu like overnight. So like you can with your striking, your striking can develop within two, three I don't years. Know. Two, I don't three know. years. You, when you take a look at guys like Israel Adesanya. Yeah. Man. He has, he has made himself into a guy that on the ground he can deal with people. Mm -hmm. His wrestling defense is outstanding. You know, you can learn anything. You know, it depends on your attitude and how you learn and what you're willing to put into learning. So it's a, when you say age, if you're looking to be, I want to be a champion in this sport. I think you have to look towards being what Josh is saying. You need to start off and say, hey, you know, somewhere at the age of 14, 15, you got to be getting into a gym and starting to learn jujitsu. Yeah. You need to come out of a high school wrestling program or a college wrestling program with that kind of background, a sports, combat sports oriented background. If you're just starting and you haven't done anything at all in submission grappling, wrestling, in boxing, kickboxing, anything, by the time you're 21, yeah, you can compete in MMA, but you better be that super uber athlete if you're ever going to be a guy that's going to compete for, you know, a belt. Mm -hmm. Yep. Next. Next question is from Syed Ali Kabir Zaidi. John and Josh, fighters say they are businessmen now. Has the mentality changed over the years or was it the same in the old UFC days? Depends on who no, you were. No, it's completely different. Yeah. No, it's completely different. I think it depends on who you were. You know, I think back in the day, there was guys that treated it like a business. They didn't, they didn't get very far. But <laughs> there's, there's guys that treated it like a business and they didn't get very far. Uh, now, yeah, you're right. It, it, I think a lot of them now are treating it like a business. 
but they still have that they still have that I gotta be in the UFC type mentality instead of checking the free market agency. Here's the issue that I see with what's going on now. And is that they need to every contract check the free market agency. Not when they're starting to get old, not when they're ready to not when they, they realize that their time is coming to a close. No. When you're in your prime is when you should be checking your free agency. Your free market agency should be like, when I'm 27 and and I know I'm in the top five, nah, nah, I'm going to check now because that's when you're going to drive up the price the most. Not when you're coming to a close, not when your career is almost end. Like those days now, like I, I'm just, just simply saying, like there's, there's promotions are not going to always want to be the ones they have to pay more for some of the guys now because they're not the UFC. So they have to pay more to attract some of the talent. Well, they're not going to attract, they don't want to attract the ones that are going to be older, the ones that can't produce and put fans in the stands or the ones that don't have those exciting fights. The signings now need to be to the point where the rosters are starting to fill up in the other organizations. The signings now need to be, hey, you guys, when you're in your peak, check your free market agency because that's when those other promotions now will be willing to drive the price up for you. And that's when that UFC contract now will be where they're like, okay, look, do we really want them? Do we really want to keep them? You're going to make them want to pay that price. And I'll give you an example was Gilbert Melendez was trying to leave right after I think he had uh, fought Benson. It was one of those fights. And he was yeah. going to go, no, actually, before he even went, before he even went to the UFC, uh, he was supposed to go. No, no, was, no. Was it before? No. It was after no. he fought Benson. Exactly. No, he, he, had, he was part of the strike force, you know, uh, shuffle over yes. along with you. And he immediately got Benson. Yep. And he lost that fight against Benson. And then he lost the fight against, uh, I want to say Pettis. No, he won a fight in between. He beat Yeah, he, won, he, Diego. he beat Diego Sanchez. Yeah. But I think, and then he lost to Pettis, and he was out of his contract. And was... he actually got a deal with Bellator. Yes. But again, this is where you have that matching where... The UFC had the right since they had his contract, they could match the offer made by Bellator at the time, or they could let him go. And yeah. they decided to match it to keep him. So he got matched, you know, and I could be wrong as far as when that happened in that it might have been right after the Benson Henderson fight. Yeah, I think it was after either Diego fight. I think it was after the Diego fight. It was somewhere. Okay. It was. It was yeah. after the Benson somewhere or the right Diego. There. Somewhere in that in that conversation, there was the yeah. Diego or the Benson fight. But my point is, Gilbert made a ton of fucking money because he tried to do that during the time at the peak of what he was being successful. When he well, was he being went, successful, he went and found out yeah. what he was worth. And for all the other fighters that are waiting till you're till the end, you guys, that's not the way this is going to work anymore. You know, you guys need to start going when your guys are hot. Because that's what's going to drive up your price. Don't wait until you're on the downslide. Because now you're the, the UFC is like, hey, we don't really need you. Like we can go ahead and build a young guy from the contender series that we pay a lot less money. No, well, if you guys are in your prime. This is when you guys should go. You guys should it's try so funny. and test it out. If you, if you go on the media now, the things that we've been saying as far as what the UFC is doing with taking the young fighters and getting rid of the guys that make a lot of money, the older fighters that make a lot of money, and replacing them with these young guys out of the Dana White contender series, all of a sudden now I'm, I'm looking on the MMA websites. That's what they're writing about. It's like, yeah. oh, 
Yeah, never heard of never heard of that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's look, it's it's a smart business practice by the UFC and I'm not Absolutely. I'm not knocking them for doing it. I think it's it's brilliant on their part. But I think as a fighter, you have to understand exactly where you stand. And if you don't if you're on the downhill and you're trying to go to another organization, not everyone's going to be a Yoel Romero and Anthony Johnson to get signed because like Scott Coker said recently, look, I talk to every free agent what it comes down to is do you fit into what I'm trying to do in the weight class that I'm trying to do it in? And at this time, I think you're seeing that they're trying to do something at 135 and they're trying to do something at, at 205. And they those two guys just so happen to fit into that market. Now, I had said, like, I hope we didn't sign you well. But the reason why I said that at 185, there's no one really for him to fight except for Gegard. And then where do you go with that? He's a, he's a 44-year-old champion. Now, when you sign Anthony Johnson, you sign Yoel and you have Corey Anderson and you've got, you know, Nemkoff, you've got Ryan Bader, maybe coming out, Phil Davis, you got all these guys. Now you've got a group of guys at 205 that we can, that we are, there's a lot of excitement and buzz around having fight. What I'm saying is that fighters, like if I was to look at this, this thing here and I say, Dan Hooker, you're young, you're very good. There's a chance you could potentially be champion, but when your contract comes up, and you're still in this top five, you need to go and test the free market agency because you're someone that I could see them trying to bank on. Your teammates with Izzy, you're, you know, you train, I think what with Volkanovski and these guys, like there's a connection there that they would probably love to have to be able to build around. They're not going to want to let you go. Gilbert Melendez got paid a ton of fucking money and he also had a no cut clause in his contract as well. So it's that goes that he got paid a ton of money with a no cut clause. This is the type of contract you guys could have. When we had Nate Corey on the other day talking about this stuff, you don't need to go and make this push for the union. Just start doing this. Start going out there and seeing what you're fucking worth in the middle of your prime. Then your money will go up. Everyone's money will go up. They're going to have to start making choices. Do we want to keep these guys or do we not? And if they don't keep you, who cares? You're going to go to another promotion like Anthony Johnson did when he went to the, the World Series of Fighting, made a ton of money, was successful, came back and made triple the money he was making before he got cut or left. With the UFC. With the UFC. So don't think that they will not take you back. They will always take you back if you are what? Winning. Winning. Winning <laughs> solves everything. Okay? And that's my point. My point is don't wait when, until you're on the downslide. You can always come back to the UFC. They are not stupid. They are business people. They will bring you back no matter what as long as you are winning. If you are successful in this company they will want you they will want to steal you from them this is what they do look at how that's how they end up with chandler chandler was successful in bellator they wanted michael chandler they paid michael chandler a lot of money to the point where bellator said we have no interest in matching that number that lets you know that what how this deal needs to be done you guys if you guys are in the top 10 you guys need to go you guys need to go and check the free market let your contract wear out all of you, if you guys want to get paid more money as fighters, this is me to you as a fighter telling you guys, check in the middle of your, your market if you guys can if for you guys to make the most amount of money. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. All right. This is about making money. I know I know all the fans out there. They they think that, you know, oh, you take a side because of Bellator. No. I take the side based upon the fighter. Mm -hmm. And I want the fighter to make the most. And I know that if a fighter is willing to not care about 
having to fight for a specific promotion, they're going to do much better financially throughout their career. You know, like guys like Eddie Alvarez, guys, you know, those guys right there, they're going to do much better if they don't care. That's how you make the big bucks. You know, Michael Chandler, I'm going to tell you, to be honest, I don't think Michael Chandler wanted to leave Bellator. I think he would have liked to have stayed at Bellator. But in the same situation that the UFC matched what Gilbert Melendez brought to keep him, Bellator was not willing to match what the UFC brought to keep Chandler. And so Chandler made the right move and said, well, I got to go where the money's at. Boom. And he went. Good job. Yep. So. Yeah, he's making more money in the UFC than he was going to make probably in Bellator. Bellator chose not to match it. And that's this this is what I'm talking about. Everyone, every fighter in the top 10, if you have two fights left, fight out your contract. Go and check. Go and check and see. Well, because even if you even if you don't, they're still going to want to sign you. They're going to want the UFC is going to want to sign you. If you're in their top 10, they're going to want to sign you. And if you do sign somewhere else and you think you can have success over there for paying for getting paid more money, keep winning. Fight out your four fight contract or your six fight contract. And when you're done there, check the free market agency again. And I'll guarantee if you were having success in that other organization, they're going to they're going to want you back. No, any of these promotions will want you if you are winning. That's the key. Like I've I've said, I'm going to make a shirt. We're going to make a shirt. It says winning solves everything. That's really what it comes down to. It really just comes down to Anthony Johnson is is proof of that. Eddie Alvarez is proof that if as long as you go where the money is, you're going to make a ton of money. He's done it his whole career, and he's had a successful career throughout. Every promotion he's been to, I think he's been champion. Bodog champion, uh, Elite XC champion. Uh, he wasn't Strike Force champion, but UFC champion. I mean, he's going to be in, he's in one. He'll probably be the one champion. You know I mean? he's It's... Just got to go where the money is, make a ton of money, make as much money as you possibly can. And Anthony Johnson's proof that they will bring you back if you're having success somewhere else. Oh, yeah. And they'll bring you back normally for more money. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, guys. Well, hey, we're going to wrap this up. Go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Weighing in promo code. Use the weighing in promo code. And they will give you 50% of your initial deposit. So if I deposit a thousand dollars, I give you another five hundred dollars, and you'll fifty percent on top. Fifty percent on top. Thank you. And if you spend fifty dollars on the Jake Paul fight or Logan <laughs> Paul fight against Floyd Mayweather, and you win, and you win. I want fifty. You bucks. owe us fifty bucks, <laughs> at least fifty bucks. I know you're going to win a lot more than fifty bucks, but I want at least fifty bucks. Uh, also, go to prowrestlingtees.com/slash Wayne in. Use the promo code Fight. Okay, and check out all like Big John. I say the plethora of shirts that we have to offer, all different colors. We've got the Terminator shirt, the Karate Kid shirt, we've got the Home Improvement shirt, and we've got Gian trying to take video of me while I'm doing this. So I like to give Gian the bird every single time. (laughs) We also have our Wayne in logo in all different colors, in the red and the blue color, as well as in the green and the gray and the and all different other colors. We also have a black and white version as well. So you guys check those out and. I think that is pretty much it. We also, oh, I like just want to. We all, we also want to thank you guys for making our podcast as successful as it is. We're growing all the time. Thank you for subscribing. Tell your friends about us. Tell them they can catch us on YouTube and Google and Spotify and Stitcher and Apple iTunes, all of those different podcasting platforms. I guess you would call them, but have them check us out. 
Make sure that they subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. We'll always take that. If you want to give us a thumbs down, get them out of here. I don't care. But getting close to saying a happy new year to everyone. 2020 has been an incredible year. I get COVID right at the end. Thank you very much. <laughs> but hopefully 2021 is a little bit better, man. It's been fun. Thank you very much to my man, Josh Thompson, Podcast Dave, Gion. You guys are the best. Enjoy doing it with you. So the last thing I have to say for you is, Josh. See ya. See ya.